Hey, man. How are you, man? Okay. Great. <laughs> okay. You sound a little nonplussed. Oh, I'm just working. I was just checking levels and stuff. And and just remembering how I can't hear myself with these new headphones unless I pull them halfway off my ear. Well, boo on Sennhauser. Well, you know, actually, it's a good in a way, it's a good thing, because if I listen to music or something, it completely I don't know if they're noise canceling. I don't think they are, but mm, mm-hmm. I don't hear anything else when I've got them on. They create a vacuum like seal between my ear and the speaker. <laughs> Sucking the very wax out of your ears as you listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Knocking that shit loose. The, ther- the therapeutic headphones. Yeah. Better than an ear. The Q-tip of headphones. (laughs) Yes, better than an ear candle. (laughs) Oh, oh. Those are gross, and they aren't. They don't really work, of course. What? They look cool, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you like the idea of wax spewing out of your ear because there's a candle stuck in it, that's gross. If you ever dreamt of being a unicorn... Well, there you are. There's your chance. <laughs> an ear, ear of corn. An ear of no, corn. An ear of corn? No. Yes. No, an Iroquois. An Iroquois. Oh. No, wait, that's an Indian. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Native well, American. Well, Native Americans introduced uh, the settlers to corn, so there you are. Right. That's why they were called Iroquois. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm I sure totally called true. you in the second... Mm-hmm. And the second I pushed the button to call you, I realized I don't have any water. I need to go get some water. Okay. Well, while you're getting so, water, I'm going to go drop a deuce. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, God. All right. Uh, I know we've we've got a short window tonight. We do. Because um, uh, we're recording this on a Friday night and Fargo is on, and I don't own a DVR, so right. i got to watch it when it's on. Yes. So let me go get water. Okay. And then um, uh, we should start right away. All right. I'm sure that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could happen. All, All right, right. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. The girl from Ipanema. <laughs> Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. That started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. Goes to Greenland. (laughs) You know the song by the B-52s, The Girl from Ipanema Goes to Greenland? Um, It's not one that I readily, you know, right off the bat remember, no. But I'm sure if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I've heard that a couple of times. It's a a great song. Um, um, I think it's on Bouncing Off the Satellites. Oh, okay. With the the album was Summer of Love. Anyway, one of their um, later albums. We're, we're, we're seeing the B52s tomorrow night. We are. Oh my god. I'm Can you so believe excited. It? Isn't it so weird It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, and then it was so funny that Facebook today popped up that old picture that I took 7 years ago on a shitty old flip phone of uh, when we went saw him at Lizona Rosa back in those yeah. days in 2010. So 2010, that's right. Yeah, isn't that wild? Hmm. Crazy. Cool. Yeah, then, it's crazy. Of course, as you know, we're going to tomorrow night here in Austin mm-hmm. to see their show. And then Saturday night, I'm going with my nephew and my sister to see them in Houston. Wow, I forgot that you were going to do that. Wow, you're, you're, yeah. you're following them 
through part of their tour through Texas. Right. Yeah. I have groupied on uh, Troy Savon. There's our obligatory Troy Savon mention. <laughs> and uh, on the B-52s. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's cool. That is so cool. So yeah, I'm. I can't wait to see them. I um. I I'm. Tr- I think this will be my third and fourth time. I saw. Mo- boy, wouldn't it have been great to see them in the early days? Oh, oh I man. Know. Oh, I'm, how I'm, great would that be? I know. I'm sure there were opportunities, but you know, I just never, just never thought to to do it. I saw Devo back in yeah. the day, but not the B-52s. Yeah, I don't know why I well, I didn't go to a lot of concerts when I was in my late teens and early 20s and and really through most of my 20s because I was just broke all the time. I never had enough money to go do a lot of shows. Yeah, I, unless I understand I was work- that. Mm-hmm. Unless I was working for a radio station where I was getting free tickets, oh. uh, you know, I just wouldn't get to see a lot of shows. I don't remember the. I'm sure the B-52s came around. I just don't remember it. I don't remember mm-hmm. hearing about it or anything like that. So the first time I saw them was at the Woodlands in Houston hmm. on the when uh, when Love Shack when that album when Cosmic Thing was out. Right. So I think that's like ninety. I don't even know what year that was. Ninety. 91, 92, maybe? Mm, you got me. And um, then I saw them with you in La Zona Rosa. So right. that was 2010. 2010. Yep. And I, I assume oh, it was I it was May. I don't know if it was May 2010. Maybe not. I can't remember. I'd have to check that fo- when I posted that photo. Right. On let me Facebook. See my, let me see my, um, <clears throat> I have a whole list, you know. I keep a list of everything, and one of the lists I keep is shows that I've seen. So let's see oh, yeah. um, if I can find when I saw them, because... One of my lists I made. So I saw them on October 7th of 92 in the Woodlands. Okay. I had a friend who worked for the radio station in Houston, KRBE, which was a top 40 type station that got me free tickets to that. And then May 15th of 2010 is when we saw them at La Zona Rosa. Oh, yeah. I just found my ticket on here. Yes. Saturday, May 15th, 2010. Wow. That's cool. Memories. I'm excited. Yeah. This will be good. Um, I don't recall where our seats are going to be. Did, I don't even remember if I bought those tickets or if somebody else did. I think I bought the tickets. You might have. Yeah. So... I have got the. Um, I've got. I don't know where our seats are. I'll have to oh, look. Okay, doesn't matter to me. I mean, I know we're we're in seats. We're not on the floor. I know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It seems like th- there are no real bad seats at, at the Moody Theater, the ACL Moody Theater. So, psh, yeah. wherever we're at, it's going to be great. Yes, I will have to um, uh, get some deets to you and uh, Sierra tomorrow. Uh, or maybe later tonight, so we can make a plan. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, at this point, I, I don't even know when the show starts. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> eight, but I don't either. I don't know either, so I'll have to go. And right. I need to look and see if I got will call tickets or if I if I had tickets that got printed. Or I, I'm pretty sure I got will call, but we'll have to see. Okay. Um, and then um, then after the show. On Friday, I'm driving to Houston to oh, well to see them play again, of course, but also right. see my nephew and hang out with him. And um, cool. 
Then Sunday is my parents' wedding anniversary, and we're going to go out to dinner and still haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to see Twin Peaks on Sunday. Okay, well, you've always got a fallback position in Round Rock. They, and I may end up taking you up on that. Okay, well, we'll just play it by ear. So how many years have your parents been married? 55. 55 years, wow. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what is the they 50th anniversary? Uh-huh. Okay. They got married in about seven seven months, and a week later, I was born. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's uh, Lodger. To June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Oh, no. No. See, that's... They're magic. <laughs> They're magic. June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Mm-hmm. That's seven months. Yeah, yeah, about seven months and, and, a, and a couple weeks later. Oh, okay. Well, they're still yeah. magic, just not as magical like my as, a, parents are as magic. a week later, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that's cool. You brought you brought two wonderful people together. I did. Good it, job. It may have started as a mistake, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it all... It's a mistake that keeps going 55 years later. <laughs> there it is, yes. It all worked um, out. Mm. It all okay. worked out, I guess. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna, oh, you were asking what's the 55th wedding anniversary present? I don't have any idea. Yeah. 50th is silver, right? Right. So silver plus five. I wonder what the five year anniversary is. Is that the probably like cobalt? I think it's. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You could give them a, a glob of cobalt in a, on a silver tray. And that's your 55th right, wedding exactly. anniversary present. Agreed. 50, I'm Googling it right now. 55th wedding anniversary gift. Oh, of course it brings up, of course it brings up like things you can buy on uh, mm. Amazon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what it is. Emerald. It's, Ooh, oh. I think it's Emerald. Oh, really? Wow. What were you going to say? I was going to say a big plate of pork chops. Oh, well, that's, that's <laughs> a gift you got to have more than every 55 years. You got to oh, have well. that as much as you can. Well, that's true. It is Emerald. Emerald uh, huh. is the is the 55-year. Jesus, I can't afford Emerald. I didn't think only gold I could give them was my golden humor at the 50th wedding anniversary party. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, could you hang on for a minute? Okay. I, heard, I heard some yeah. knocking. All right, hang on. Okay. Okay. Knock, knock, knocking on Mark Browner's door. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a neighbor or something. Who is that? Is that a neighbor or was that Mark talking maybe? I heard some hang on. I thought I heard somebody beating up I thought I heard somebody beating on the front door. Is just Sierra having a hard time? closing the front door it was like oh, the, it was like well, the latch the latch was stuck or something i don't know you don't need to get a lathe do you you better go get you a plane you better plane that fucking door so your wife can get in god damn it <laughs> probably no I'll probably just need to get some of that uh gra- graphite and squirt it into that lock so that uh that latch moves moves smoothly graphite is that what they're calling it these days <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's hilarious. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, but oh well. It doesn't matter. Oh my god. It doesn't matter. So, uh, I had, I had a fun week. I went to went to my uh doctors for my um yearly checkup. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's feeling around he, on my, my neck. He looked under your hood? Uh-huh. Yeah, he looked under my hood. I got a <laughs> got a couple of fingers up my ass. and uh, But anyway, he's feeling around <laughs> he on my neck. <laughs> what? Go ahead. You got a goiter? You got a goiter? <laughs> Not quite. Thank goodness. Of course, you know, having a having a nice swollen neck's kind of fun, but uh, no, not that. But he was feeling around <laughs> on my neck, and he said, hmm, I think I feel a little nodule on your thyroid. And he's like, hmm, I'm going to schedule you for an ultrasound on that. And so I go for an ultrasound uh, yesterday, and uh, so they do the ultrasound, and my doctor calls me back today, and he says, yeah, there seems to be like a little cyst on uh, your uh, thyroid, and so I'm going to refer you to a specialist and have him have a look at it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, great. So anyway, Friday I've got an appointment with a, uh, a thyroid specialist to see what the hell is going on with this little cyst that that has decided to uh, start growing on my thyroid. So I'm a Jesus little, Christ! Yeah, I'm a little bit. Long con- story concerned. short, we can do the the podcast for about another year, and then you'll be dead. Is that yeah, what this is? Oh uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. Well, we got another year. Yeah, you know, another year, you know. So, uh, but anyway, I'm I'm just just filling you in. Not that it's a big deal. You know, the doctor didn't seem to be too concerned about it. But, you know, there's always a little trepidation when you've got some kind of an unknown thing going on. So, I'm keeping an up attitude and, and facing this head on and, you know, doing everything that I'm supposed to do to to uh, get it uh, diagnosed and taken care of. So whatever happens, love you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, this has turned into the old man show again. (laughs) I'd like to think that I'm still young and hip and cool, but no, we're old motherfuckers. (laughs) You know, all this week Uh, I had like... I had like the I had a, a the worst stomach problems I've had in a long time and oh, yeah. and uh, like just heavy du- you know you know how you are when you get older you're, you you turn into a um what's the thing where you think you're sick all the time hypochondriac uh, not a, yeah yeah so of oh, course know. you know it's like uh, I had the worst heartburn I've had ever and I was like oh my god I've got acid reflux and and then <laughs> I you know. I I was taking all kinds of uh, I took emodium and a whole bunch of stuff uh, Pepto Bismol and nothing had really helped that much and it's just like Jesus Christ is this where it starts? <laughs> it's like really? oh my God is this where my liver starts failing? Oh shit! Of course today today I'm uh, it, it start it, it, but it went on for five days I was like you know hmm. five days is you don't normally have an upset stomach for five fucking days, or at least I don't. I, I've yeah. had a cast iron stomach my whole life. Right. Um, hmm. I rarely get sick, but, but it's, it's calming down and getting better. Okay. But it's just like we're, we're old, dude. Shit <laughs> happens to our bodies. It's so frustrating. Well, you know, yeah, that's true. But, you know, there are young people that get acid reflux. There are young people that get cysts on their thyroids. It's not like an old person's uh, only uh, club there so you know don't don't worry about it sure yeah. everybody's dying yeah you know if you're if your we're asshole all, if, if your asshole happens to fall out then that yeah that's an old person's thing so uh, <laughs> until then i'm <laughs> well, not gonna worry about it happening the other day <laughs> <laughs> i was like is my asshole gonna fall out is that what's gonna happen next <laughs> 
I'm telling you, after uh, this week, I don't have to go to Niagara Falls because I fucking lived it. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Oh, oh. All right. Every, everybody's been Can down we, that road. Yes. Yeah. Can we start the show, man? Yeah, we better. Stop talking about being sick. Sure. We're, we're working on a timeline here, man. Yeah, we've got... Uh, we are. We're really... recording on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And... Um, if it's Fargo night, right? Did we? Did I already? Did I? Oh my God, I'm old. Did we already cover this in the pre-show? <laughs> no. Uh, well, yeah, kind of, okay, sort of. Yeah, we still oh, got. Oh God. But we got we got another two hours to work with here, you know, before. Yeah. So absolutely. We're good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but since we are working on a timeline, we ought to kick this puppy off, and so I say I will do that. So here we go. Okay. In, in three. Two, one. Keeping podcasts weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you the Cathedral of Junk, Eliza Gilkison, Barton Springs Pool, Elizabeth Nay, the Umlauf Sculpture Garden, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats, it's a slippery slope. With the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. <laughs> hey, man, I thought you were going to say, from Austin, Texas, the elongated pause capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> there was a long pause in there where I was like, is he going to keep going? And about that time, you kept going, so... What long long pause are you talking about? There won't be any long pause when this thing is edited. I I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, sometimes you have to edit around the glitches, too. Although so far tonight, I haven't heard any. Right. Let's uh, cross our fingers with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, man. It's episode hey. it's episode 41. 41. Yeah. Well, guess what? Next episode will be episode 42, which is the meaning of life, I believe. That's right. Well, it's the meaning of life, the universe and everything according and to everything. To the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. And, Douglas uh, Adams. Douglas Adams? Absolutely. Yeah. I got it right. Yeah, I love the love that series of books. That uh what is it? Five books in the trilogy. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, that's perfect. I, yes, yes. You know there I, was uh, uh, there was a, there. You know Douglas Adams is dead now, but there was a guy who wrote a a further sequel to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy named uh, I think his name was uh, something. I don't know how you pronounce it. It's like E O I N is his first name. Would that be Ewen? Coffer. O I N. Yeah, that's a hell of a first name. Yeah, he must be. Uh, I don't know. What is that? Scottish, Irish, or something with a weird first somebody, name. Somebody, somebody, spin the wheel and put a consonant in there for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right, he needed it. But anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah, he wrote a sequel uh, after Douglas Adams died. Now I don't know how he got the rights to be able to do that. I guess he negotiated with the uh, the estate of uh, Douglas Adams. Hmm. Yes. That's kind of interesting. 
Yeah. You know, that's like the, you know, Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut is really my favorite author of all time. And that's uh, understandable. Yep. Kurt. Yeah. Kurt Vonnegut had a fictional author who was a character in many of his books named Kilgore Trout. Hmm. Okay. And then, and sometimes he would write about Kilgore Trout's novels and, and short stories and, and, and different stories and stuff. And at some point in the seventies, another science fiction author wrote a book and, and wrote it under the pseudonym Kilgore Trout. And everyone thought that Vonnegut had written it, but it was really another uh, science fiction author. I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it. Um, and I had it as I need to get online on eBay and, and just buy a copy of it. It's, it's, I think it's hard to find now. I had a copy of it. I found it like hmm. in a, in, when I was a teenager, I found it in some, someplace like a freaking Woolworths or something, you know, it just was there. That's funny. And, um, <laughs> I kept it for a long time and then I loaned it to someone who I never saw again, of course. Hmm. Oh, don't you hate it when that sh- shit happens? A book that you mm-hmm. like just all of a sudden it's gone. That reminds me. Yeah, of, especially if it's uh-huh. a real rare one that you can't just go down and buy. Exactly. Well, that reminds me of the story I told last week about the uh, the Life of Brian book that I had purchased that one day just right? mis- mysteriously went missing, and uh, mm-hmm. you can't find that book anywhere. Not on Did Amazon. You look on I a- might. I might have to go to eBay or something. Yeah, might have to go to eBay. Wow. And there are some rare booksellers online and shit, too. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of – here's the slippery slope we're going down. Okay. I have a couple of books. Um, my grandmother gave me this book that was – it's some. It's called something like 100 – I don't even think it's that. I think it's 10 or 20 or 11 or 31 I think it's third, like 31 card tricks uh-huh. or something. And I looked it up online one time and um, uh, it was, it was, it was printed in like 1911 or 1921 or, Oh, wow. It's a really old book. And I only found one person who had a copy of it online for sale. And I, I and it's just kind of a small book and I think they wanted a hundred dollars for it or something. And I was like, wow, that book might be worth a hundred dollars. Hmm. And then an- another thing, she gave me that's really cool was um it was a set of uh radio station playing cards okay and it's from the early it's from the early days of radio and i still i i i think i still can't figure out and i can't remember now i do believe there was a game you could play with it but i think a lot of you know back in the day early days of radio when it was almost like ham radio when there were radio enthusiasts and people like that you know Mm -hmm. um trying to pick up countries from all over the the nation or trying to pick up stations Stations. from all over the nation or all over the country uh, or all over the world and i think it was a way for them to know where there was where there were certain radio stations too, because it has old radio stations listed on it and their frequency. Oh. And anyway, it, it it's really interesting. And hmm. I found that online where somebody was talking about it, and and I can't remember if they were explaining the game that was you could play with it, or I can't remember exactly what it was. But nobody had one for sale, and so I have no idea what it's worth. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean that that seems like that would be a very rare thing, a thing that. You know, you know, there probably were many, many printed up, but, you know, just got thrown away, damaged, whatever, over the years. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I do believe that what I have, I remember from reading what someone had written, I do believe I have like a, it's it, it's a, not a complete set. 
mm. but it's but it's most of the cards. There may be something missing from it. I can't remember. And um, how would you know? Uh, yeah. Well, there there is more than one card for each station. So I think you can have like I think there may be up to four cards for each station. Hmm. Um, I, I it's been a long time since I looked at it. Um. But I'm making myself a note right now to go back online and look it up again because it's been probably 10 years since I tried to look it up hmm. um, yeah. and see if I could find anything out about it. Um, yeah. So it's That's just one of those things I have that I think is really interesting that I'd I'd really love to know if it's worth something because there may not be many sets like it left. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I, I can imagine there are probably very few. It just seems like one of those things that you know, there may be some moldering away, you know, back in somebody's old dusty drawer somewhere, but can't be very many. That's that's wild. Right. Yeah. Be- yeah. And I think I think she bought it at a like a yard sale or something. I think it still had a, a piece of tape with a sticker on it that was like she paid 10 or 15 cents for it or something. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Those are those yeah. unusual finds that you find at a yard sale that are. Yeah. Those unique things that you you can't find anywhere else. That's right, what's, that's yeah. what's so cool about garage sales, yard sales, estate sales. Um, you don't know what you're going to find. You know, it's just right, especially yeah. estate sales because you know it's selling the accumulation of somebody's you know entire life. Uh, right, that's so wild. It, it, estate sales are, you know, it's like. They're mysterious. They're kind of. They're a little bit sad in a way because it's like, wow, there's this, there's this person's entire life splayed out <laughs> for all to purchase. It's uh, right. That's yeah, pretty wild. Well, pretty it's, wild. it's in. You know, I was just thinking. I've often thought about how cool it would be to go on Antiques Roadshow. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I was like, I really don't have anything I could take. I totally forgot about these radio cards. I would love to take them and see. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure to get on roadshow you have to send them a picture of what you got and then get accepted and all that i'm sure it's a hassle but yeah um there's probably a lot more that goes on uh behind the scenes than is shown on the the show it's not just people bringing all their shit and you know the the producers of the show hoping that somebody brings something interesting there's got to be some pre-planning going on somewhere but right i mean there's people who big big bring big big pieces of old furniture that I mm-hmm. wouldn't bring unless I sent them an email and they said, yes, bring it. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, but the other, the, and then you, that also made me think about, uh, you know, you've watched those shows where they auction off um, storage units. Yes. You know, storage wars, storage wars, which mm-hmm. sometimes I like. I, there's one of the guys on there. I can't stand. So if he's on it, I'm less likely to watch it. But um who that? Uh, you know, I watch. Yeah, the I, asshole. Dave Hester, the yup guy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I just want to put a knife in his fucking forehead. But um, just a, he's just a fucking dumbass and an asshole. Um, right. But it, and, yeah. and it's like all of all of those guys. There's mm-hmm. the one guy that was on on the uh, at the beginning. I can't believe we're talking about storage wars, but That's here we right. are. Yeah, here we there are. <laughs> there's one guy. Barry is his name. Who was on at the beginning? Who was kind of a collector and yeah. He was he wasn't, you know, he was kind of an interesting guy. He had his own oh, show yeah. for a while. Oh. Um and he came to Austin in one of his shows and went to the Continental Club, I remember. Oh, uh, cool. He, I think he had a 
a spinoff series that lasted about six episodes or something. Yeah, I think um, I vaguely remember that. Because mm-hmm. he's an interesting but, character. Didn't he have, like, his mother on the show also? And she would ride yeah, in his, yeah. his old car, and they would bicker with each other. And <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a couple episodes where that happened, yeah. Right, that, yeah, but I, I he, remember you know, that. It was kind of cool. Yeah, I, yeah I, I thought it was neat, too. I thought he was a really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though the rest of the people on the show are kind of scuzzy, <laughs> I yeah. still liked it. Like there's there's yeah. the guy Jared and his wife Brandy, and they're they're right. kind of interesting. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. they're douchey, but a little you know, bit. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I I still liked watching them and and mm-hmm. watching the show. And then there was I can't remember. There's a couple other guys who were on the show regularly or semi regularly that were pretty interesting. They did one that was in Texas for a while, and mm-hmm. then one of the girls who was on the Texas one moved to California and was on the store the original Storage Wars. Ah. I haven't watched it for a while. Me but, either. Yeah, I. I that, but it was an interesting show. Right. My interest in that kind of you know hit a peak and then it you know just dropped off. And kind of waned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like a lot of reality shows in that there's a lot of staged, you know, shit that goes right. on in it, and and s- manuf- supposedly manufactured drama. Right. Well, and there was supposedly there was a there were some accusations that the producers had hidden interesting stuff in some of the in some of some of the storage units that were oh. auctioned off and different things. Really? And who knows if that's true or not? And yeah. Yeah. Um, because those storage lockers are supposedly padlocked, but you know anybody can right, yeah. anybody can cut a padlock and then put another one on afterwards. So yeah, I could see where sure sure that that kind of I don't know what you'd call it shenanigans shenanigans <laughs> show baiting whatever you want to call it <laughs> show baiting is something completely different if you know what I mean <laughs> yes. But yes, there, there are, are whole, a couple, whole websites dedicated to show baiting. Dedicated to that, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but there were some other shows similar to Storage Wars. There's one mm-hmm. where they had some people who would go to these auctions where they auctioned off unclaimed luggage at airports. That was kind of interesting. Yes, and, I, I um, vaguely remember that one. Yeah, that could be interesting. You know, a lot of times they just found clothes. But that usually ended up on the editing floor, though. Right, yeah. Or the uh, recycle bin, I should say, on the computer. Right. But yeah, I remember that one. That was kind of good. And then, of course, there's all the the pawn shop shows as well that can be interesting. Yeah. And, uh, now those are a little more to me are a little more manufactured. These people bring in things sometimes just to show them off. They really don't want to sell them, so yeah, you know. And why would you uh, sell something to a guy at a pawn shop? You know, I mean, in this, I don't even. I, it's hard to imagine why pawn shops even exist anymore because, uh-huh. although I know people <clears throat> need money and so they sometimes they pawn stuff. That I understand, mm-hmm. but. Why would you sell anything to a pawn shop? You can do much better selling it yourself Uh, outright. Right. Now, you know, some people use pawn shops just to have money loaned to them at a horrible interest rate. But, uh, yeah. But the people who sell, yeah, I'm not sure I quite get it. Of course, I guess if you're outright saying that you want to sell something, you get a better price than if you're just pawning it for a loan. Well, sure. 
but still. Yeah, and I mean, if you're selling a TV or something that you're not going to get anything for anyway, well, mm-hmm. okay. But these people who bring in stuff to the, like the the one that's set in Vegas, I guess it's Pawn Stars. Yes. Um, um, you know, a lot of times, I mean, they do buy stuff, but a lot of times, um, it's just like they'll have an expert come in and tell them what it's worth mm-hmm. and then they'll buy it for less than that. And I'm like, why would you sell it for less than that? The guy said it was worth more than that. But right. there is also the thing where people, you know, I had a friend, it's actually a coworker who mm-hmm. a couple of years ago was going to buy a new car. So he decided to sell his car on the most famous internet site to sell stuff besides eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and a guy came, wanted to buy the car. They went to the bank and while they were there the bank kept him hawing around as my dad would say and while they were there waiting cops showed up and arrested this guy and apparently he was running some kind of scam where he would buy cars and then do something illegal in the in in, i don't know exactly what he was doing my friend never did quite know exactly what it was all about because they didn't tell him oh that's Um, weird yeah and so he so after that of course he just sold his car to the to the car lot where he bought a new car from and, and as used it as his trade in. Cause he just was afraid to deal with it anymore. Whoa. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I was speaking of shows that, you know, people come in and, um, buy stuff. Uh, have you ever seen, uh, the show usually it was on after, uh, the talking dead called uh the comic book men i've watched a few episodes and bits and pieces yeah yeah it's all you know i guess buddies of kevin smith who are running a comic book shop that's actually owned by kevin smith and the other guy the other half of uh jay and silent bob silent bob is kevin smith uh, but jay is jason Jason muse jason muse yeah and uh, they own this comic book shop and yeah and then their pals run the shop and of course people come in with comics that they want to sell you know rare items or rare toys from the 70s and 80s or you know memorabilia that's kind of related to comic books and so it's kind of that same deal and they've pretty much admitted that's most of this stuff where they're negotiating with people over price and stuff is is kind of stage stuff and they're using a a stunt counter to uh, conduct the transaction uh, right. So, but it's still interesting. Right. Sometimes I think it's also like a reenactment. Like a guy comes into yeah. the store, wants to sell something that's kind of unusual, right. and they're like, "Hey, let's let's come in tomorrow, and we'll f- and we'll do right. this in front of cameras." And sometimes, we'll you know, whenever yeah. we're filming next. And sometimes they'll call in experts to appraise things that they're not necessarily familiar with. You know, like if it's some sort of a right. obscure old toy from you know the 1940s or something they're like we you know we're gonna have to call in our guy who's an expert in this kind of thing right not to do a callback but uh okay uh, i just want to mention that when he was younger sometimes jason muse was my muse if you know what i'm saying but anyway um... (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i always well i thought he was you know yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I'm attracted to weirdness, and I just I always thought he was kind of attractive and interesting. And he yeah. would he would um, he would there was some homoerotic play with him and and Silent Bob. So oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. It was. I just always thought it was. I thought it was funny, mm-hmm. and that he was. You know, I'm like, oh, this guy. You know, funny guy, mm-hmm. and. Doesn't seem to have any hangups about making jokes about his sexuality. Right. 
And uh, you, do you remember the scene in Clerks 2 where he's naked? I, oh, did I see Clerks 2? You never saw Clerks 2? He's oh, like, I, I'm sure I did. He's like standing with his overcoat open, but he's got his uh, dick and balls, you know, kind of pushed back up and under his his crotch. So he kind of looks like a, I don't know what, he's extremely androgynous. So he's like he's got a, you he's know. He's playing the, the tuck game. He's playing, right. he's doing the, he's got himself tucked. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, fu- Is, it's both funny and shocking all at the same time. Right. Is Clerks 2 the one where there's something about a donkey show? Uh, Yes, there is. Okay, yeah. yeah. I have seen it. I may even own it on DVD and just have – I watched it when it came out. Yeah. I don't think I've watched it since then. Yeah. I like Kevin Smith and – and his movies, not all of them. I haven't seen all of them, and some of uh-huh. his more recent stuff I've just specifically avoided. Like, mm-hmm. uh, he had a movie out called Tusk that just looked shitty. He's had some movies come out that just looked kind of shitty. But yeah. the Jay and Silent Bob and Clerks, Mallrats, which I think there's going to be a Mallrats 2. I think that's one of the oh, new things he's working really? on. Oh, really? Hmm, okay. Yeah. I can see like that. His early stuff I've liked. I didn't care for Chasing Amy. Um, um, and then I kind of lost interest. Like I haven't seen Jersey Girl. There's two or three other of his movies I haven't seen. But yeah, I think I like definitely the stuff. Uh huh. I like Chasing Amy when it first came out, but then I saw it recently again on Showtime, and I was like, wow, this this doesn't really hold up. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, right. there was something. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think part of it was it was kind of like a straight guy's idea of what a lesbian is. Yeah. It was part of it or something. It was just it Maybe wasn't so. it wasn't mm-hmm. um it wasn't um homophobic but it was kind of, you know, misogynistic. Uh, yeah, for, and I don't even know if it was that. It was a little like unrealistic for sure. Like this is not a, this is not a movie based in reality. Well, um, true, true. Lesbians don't act like that, but who right. am I to know what lesb- lesbians act like? But um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's been a long time since I saw it. I can't remember exactly what. I wonder if I've got a review of it in the old File 13 website. Um, hmm. I'll have to go look and see. It's probably one of those movies I wrote about at some point, but okay. I'm not, I don't remember for sure. Anyway. What, what about Jersey hey, Girl? You haven't never, seen it. You never saw Jersey Girl? Oh, okay. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. Didn't see. I think he had a movie called Red State. I didn't see that. Hmm. All right. Didn't see Tusk. I think the last thing I saw by him was I liked Dogma. Dogma was a really good movie. Uh huh. And then Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Right. I liked. Oh yeah. And that is and good. Uh, I I think Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back might be one of the last movies I saw by him, but. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Can't remember. Now you've heard the stories about uh, Kevin Smith writing the screenplay for a Batman movie that was supposed to star Nicolas Cage that never got made. Yes. In the '90s, supposedly yes. was going to be directed by. Um, gosh, who was it supposed to be directed by? Um, Edward Scissorhands, director. Um, oh, Burton. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, that never came to, there's a documentary about that. That's really interesting. I think you should seek it out. I can't even remember what the movie was supposed to be called. It was like, um, I don't know, Batman takes a dump mm. or something. I, don't, I can't remember right. now, but, uh, I remember, you know, I liked the first, um, Batman that Burton did with Michael Keaton, which I think was just called Batman. Um, mm-hmm. but 
like yeah, then Batman two, I did not care for, and I didn't want. I don't think I watched any of them after that. I know I, I, I think I caught most of the one with George Clooney in it that was horrible. Um, oh yeah, you know I don't think I ever saw that one. You know it's just I don't know maybe I don't I don't think I saw it all the way through. I think I caught half of it on TV one time and was like, oh yeah, this this is horrible. <laughs> I don't even remember who played. Did someone play Robin in that? George Clooney in some? Uh, I think so. Oh, Chris O'Donnell maybe? May yes, I think that I think that may be correct. Hmm. Yeah, I just. I was like, oh, what? It was even there. What was there even a cute guy in it? And I was like, yeah, no, still, I'm not. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Chris O'Donnell has never been that cute to me, but, and he's also in another movie that I fucking hate. What? Called Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino. Oh, you didn't like that movie? Oh, that movie's horrible. Okay, you know, Ugh. you know, the funny thing is, I, I, I never saw it. Oh, it, well, you've heard all, you've heard all the uh, impressions and jokes and whatever about oh, yeah. uh, Al Pacino going hoo ha. Right, that's of course. That's the whole fucking movie, man. That's right, that's the whole goddamn movie. Oh, that, and he's blind and he drives a car. Wh- whatever. Yes. Can I? Can we just move on to something else? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hated that movie. Right. You know, it's funny. It's driving me crazy. I'm trying to look up what supposedly what that movie was supposed to be that Nicolas Cage was going to be Batman. And I can't seem to find it. Hmm. Batman takes a dump. Batman hangs upside down. Oh, that's Batman and the Temple of Doom. I am so screwed up. It's not Batman. It was a Tim Burton movie that was supposed to star Nicolas Cage as Superman. Why the hell oh, was that's I that's right. It was going to be Superman. Booper? That's right. Yeah, Superman Lives was the name of the movie yeah. that it was supposed to be. Actually, I'm glad I looked it up. I would have... I would have sounded really stupid to people in podcast land who know exactly what I was trying to say. And they were going, not Batman, you dumbass. It's Superman, Superman, Superman lives. Nick Cage. Um, and, uh, oh, my God. When I listen back to our episodes after we record them and you post them, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, my God. How many mistakes can one person make <laughs> in a fucking podcast? Not you, me. No, I know. Oh, I know. Like, I'm. Like your On the uh, last podcast, I know. the Iscariot. I was, I was uh, calling them French Iscariot, and they're French <laughs> Icarians, I believe. Is uh, that what it's actually is? Right. Yeah, but you and then you made a correction in the uh, the the blurb on uh, uh, Facebook, so. And that's why I was going to say, if you're listening to this episode, please get on Facebook on our page of Slippery Slope or mm-hmm. on Twitter uh, at Slope Podcast. Um, because if I say something stupid, I will correct it on Facebook or <laughs> yeah. Twitter or both. Right. Um, so we'd yeah. love to have you follow us. And if I don't correct it, then f- for God's sake, please yell at me. Um, exactly. <laughs> right. But sometimes there's, you know, after I was listening to that episode and I, and we were talking about the French I- I- Iscariots, which I call the Iscariots. Yeah, Icarians. Right. Yeah. Yes. Which was yeah, which Iscariot is the name of Judas who betrayed Christ, Jesus. Um yeah. but anyway, I found some stuff on Wikipedia about them and so I posted that on on our Facebook page. So sometimes while you're listening to the show, there's helpful helpful little uh links you can click on that will tell you more. There's helpful links uh, last episode we talked about uh Catherine the Great fucking horses and by God, I put a link to some info about that on there. That's right. <laughs> so you never know what's going to uh-huh. be on our Facebook page or on the on the Twitter feed. Uh, that's true. 
Absolutely. That's what makes it great. See, we supplement what we talk about with with interesting clips and stuff on our Facebook page. So it's, it's yeah. like you can have a two-screen experience, sort of. You can. <laughs> yeah. Log on to the two-screen experience on uh, Facebook with a slippery slope. Or um, Yeah, or you can be listening to our podcast and at the same time be looking at a clip that we were just talking about. Isn't that cr- and crazy cool? I, yeah, that would be great. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get on, I, I go on YouTube usually looking for videos of things we've talked about or or mm-hmm. something, and I'll find yeah. really cool shit on there. Last week, uh, like a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the play Greater Tuna, which was by is by a couple guys here in Austin that mm-hmm. I don't know how many people really know about Greater Tuna, but it's really cool. And there was a there was a Greater Tuna movie made um more of like a, a made for tv movie of the play that was done on i don't know hbo or showtime that is out of print you can't find it anywhere somebody has fucking posted the whole thing on youtube wow and i was I, fa- I found it the other day that because can't we were be talking legal. about it on the show and i looked it up <laughs> it can't be so if you you know you got to go watch it before they take it down man exactly so, yeah, it's, it, it is amazing what you can find on YouTube, at least for a short while. And uh, it's like we uh, like we talked about Life of Brian last week. And then I posted a clip of posted a clip from Life of Brian. And then, oh, today I was just flipping through YouTube and found a little documentary talking about the controversy of Life of Brian and how there were a lot of right. religious groups in uh, England that were trying to get it banned across the nation they did not succeed but they did manage to get <laughs> not by a long time. right they did manage to get some theaters or at least some towns to ban it from being played but uh, by and large they failed in banning life of brian which uh, some of the python members claim is their probably their best work at least as far as social commentary goes so Interesting. It's like one of my least favorite of their films. You know, that's um, that's funny. But, you know, I see, I guess because I was brought up Catholic, Life of Brian probably means more because it kind of pokes fun at the things, the types of hey things man. that I was taught as a young age, so to speak. Jesus just doesn't belong to the Catholics, okay? <laughs> we... Well, he's not your guy only, okay? No, I know. I'm just saying that. Well, of course, no, just of course, think- Life of Brian is not really uh, about Jesus. It's about a guy who's mistaken for being a Messiah, kind of parallel right. with the Jesus story, which I think is I just- part of part of the reason that a lot of people just didn't get it and were all offended about it. When you know, come on, I just think it's. Religion is such an easy thing to poke fun at. You know, I remember when I was doing my File 13 website and I would go to film festivals, Mm -hmm. there was a movie that was – it was a mockumentary directed by whoever Christina Applegate's husband was at the time. I can't even remember his name. Mm -hmm. And and it was about this group of religious kids, teenagers, young people who went to try and help people. I don't even remember who they were trying to help. The homeless? I don't Mm -hmm. recall. But, of course, these – religious kids were all set up to be fucking idiots and uh, and and their good intentions were always wrong and blah 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 just it was just re- you know really easy targets me of all people who uh, really dislikes religion and um i you know 
you know how I feel. Right. You know, for me to you would think I would love this movie because it just puts down religion and religious people and and uh-huh. and um you know and, and their so-called good intentions, which are always mistaken. And and I hated it because it's just like these people, you know, one, they're caricatures and two. Right. Uh, they're 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 easy targets. It's well, really easy to make fun of somebody's good intentions. Well, um, to yeah, make fun I mean, of somebody's niceness. Sure. I mean, real satire. You can't set up your uh people as as straw men they have to be you know real people playing it straight and if the actors are kind of you know intentionally going to you know trying to make it look like these people are idiots it's not going to work as satire right Um, yeah right it's yeah it's they're just it's too you know the targets were too easy they were too it was sure yeah a good satire and a good and a good mockumentary Mm -hmm. has to ring true it has to be like wow you got to find the humor in the reality of it um you know exactly i I mean i think movies like that have ruined mockumentaries for me i'm not a big fan like i love spinal tap i think spinal tap is amazingly funny of course you also have to you also have to have a target that people like um mm-hmm. and i don't know why spinal tap works maybe because it was one of the first ones like the guys who did spinal tap did a without rob reiner did you know those guys like did another movie that was about uh folk singers called a mighty wind right they also did which uh, i mm-hmm. go ahead i i hated that movie okay um what about I don't, I don't know why again because it's they were making fun of folk singers who uh-huh. i find kind of have good intentions and right. and uh you know, uh, above above reproach, above comedic. Uh-huh. What uh, about what about targeting? What about waiting for Guffman? Did you like that one? I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't, I haven't seen oh, the other okay. ones because I I've learned not to watch them because I probably won't like them. Okay, yeah. Who's the uh, the guy who uh, directs these? Uh, his name is escaping Isn't me it right now. Christopher Guest. Yeah, Christopher Guest. Uh, yeah, he's. Pretty much the driving force between uh, behind all of these. Uh, yeah, there was uh, Waiting for Guffman, A Mighty Wind. Um, wasn't there another one about dog show participants? Yeah. I can't, I can't remember yeah, what I can't that remember. one was called. Best in Show, Best maybe? Best in Show, yeah, that's it. They don't necessarily... Well, in, okay, maybe some of them it's just complete making fun of the people they're playing. But for the most part... Or at least according to some of the actors who are in those, they, you know, they try to play it as straight as they possibly can while still being humorous, you know, with varying levels of success, of course. But I seem to like most of the Christopher Guest mockumentaries, but none of them could possibly reach the same level as this is Spinal Tap. I mean, that, yeah, that is such a great movie. It worked once. Yeah. Well, the subject matter is so amazing. I think that's that helps a lot. Go ahead. Well, it 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 kind of it, although it's absurdist at times, Mm -hmm. it kind of bases itself in a a certain reality. The stuff that happens in spinal. This is Spinal Tap is 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 feasible. You you believe (laughs) that that. Even if it's slightly absurd, like of course the the, right. all the drummers dying and one dying by spontaneous combustion, and that <laughs> right. they would get a Stonehenge model that was inches tall instead of feet, feet tall. tall, right? And you know, but even though that's almost unbelievable, there's just a, the small level of truth in there that helps mm-hmm. you buy it. 
And right. it's funny. It's, you know, I mean, rock music is ripe for or rife, whichever word you want to use, uh-huh. for satire. Absolutely. For being mocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's just like I don't know why it works sometimes and why it doesn't. A Mighty Wind mocks folk singers. And I'm not a huge folk singer fan. Mm-hmm. I, 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 but I, I, I think folk singers are honest, I guess. Yeah. I guess I've always – I've always believed in the integrity of folk singers. So mm-hmm. when they were made fun of, I I was offended by it slightly. Huh. Okay. But um well, I guess to be ha- yeah. to be perfectly honest, I've never seen a mighty wind, so uh yeah, so maybe that might be one that misses the mark. I don't know. But I think Yeah, I don't know either. Best in show probably I don't know if it's works. Me or- well, best in show probably works because Dog people really are crazy, so you don't even have to stretch right. things very much because the obsession it requires to to be a dog show participant or enthusiast has to require some sort of madness because it right if you've ever seen a see real that, dog see, show think, yeah mm-hmm. well and i see i think that's sorry to interrupt you i think Go that's ahead. what what misses it for me is that I think a docu- a real documentary about people who do dog shows would be much more amusing and entertaining than a mockumentary about them. Yeah. You okay. know what I mean? There's enough yeah. humor in the reality that you don't have to fake it yeah. to make it. So, so I, you know, but I like see. I say, it's – yeah, I, it's I, all it's hit and miss with me, and usually miss. Okay. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, in this day and age, it, it might be rather difficult to do a, a mockumentary that works, but I'm holding out hope. Somebody may do it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of of uh, a recent um, a recent mockumentary that has had any kind of a impact at all, or has you know mm-hmm. has become you know some stuff kind of becomes common knowledge or a household thing or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. And I can't think of anything. I I think Christopher Guest did didn't they do a movie recently another mockumentary? But I couldn't tell you what it was or uh, what it was about or – Yeah. I, I know. We're going to have to Google it now, aren't we? I know. I, I think you're completely right. It's just I, for the life of me, I can't even – yeah, I'll just have to IMDB that shit. <laughs> for the life of Brian, you can't even think what it might be. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm ching and I brought it back. That's right. I was I was just thinking a second ago. How did we get on this slippery slope? And oh yeah, we started with. Uh, um, I don't even know where we started. Now. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't even remember what reference I just made. My mind is complete. My mind is as blank as a fart. <laughs> Dude, I am ready to talk about Twin Peaks. I am ready to talk about the new Harry Styles. I am wow. ready to talk about people who died. Oh yeah. Well, I think we maybe we ought to just go ahead and segue into people who died. Okay. With with a cue of the music. So here's some people who died. Died. Okay. Um, and here's a big uh, cheers to. Uh, Jim Carroll. Thank you, Jim Carroll, for the music. Um, uh, So who's your big one this week? There were a lot of low, you know, another one of those weeks where a lot of 
of uh, people you've heard of, people, famous names, but yet um, no one, you know. Right. I made devastatingly well known. I made a couple of mental notes, but now I'm completely drawing a blank because there were people. Well, Why don't you start? Well, well, number one on my list, which is also could be part of our Twin Peaks moment, was Michael Parks. That, which Michael Parks. Remember him? No. He was in he was in Twin Peaks and he actually played two different characters, but I didn't even remember that. And hmm. he was also in, no, I'm sorry, in, in Kill Bill he played two different characters. Uh one in Kill Bill One oh. and one in Kill Bill Two, I believe. Right, right, right. And yes. I do remember I, I that. I didn't even remember that. Mm-hmm. I, and I had forgotten that he was in Twin Peaks, but uh but uh, he was. Um I had forgotten he was in Dust Till Dawn. He's in that. Yes, I know. I know Michael Parks because my mother liked him, and we actually had one of his albums when I was a kid. He was a and singer. I think okay. uh, he was. Hmm. Um, and I think his album may have been the album we had. May have been had something. He had this TV show in the seventies, maybe even the late sixties. I think it was early seventies mm-hmm. called then uh, it was called then came Bronson and he played this guy who rode a mo- motorcycle around and uh, he was kind of like a, one of these guys who had dropped out a society man and he rode a motorcycle around and tried to help people and stuff. Oh. Um, hmm. um, but of course he would help people and then he would learn something. Of course. It was like comes from a, was a, a long line of drifter movie uh, TV shows. TV shows, yeah. It was kind of like I wrote a note. It was kind of like the uh, hippie Route sixty six. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, it's yeah. a good way of looking at it, right? So I think it was like just a little post Easy Rider, but then maybe it was maybe it came out right around the same time as Easy Rider. I was reading a little bit about it online, and it was like I think the motorcycle. He had a friend who owned that motorcycle and then that friend died somehow and he kind of inherited the motorcycle and decided to drop out of society and drive Mm. it around and that was part of the show and okay i think it was only on for one season anyway Uh. that's how i know mike uh, that's how i know michael parks is we had one of his albums when i was a kid and that's so uh, wild i think Yeah, I think we watched a couple episodes of Then Came Bronson because my mom liked him. Mm, Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if she she probably liked him because she thought he was handsome. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I guess he was at one time (laughs) when he was younger. He was, a you know, yeah, he liked that type. He was he was a nice looking guy. Right. Um, Well, um, even in Kill Bill 2, he wasn't horrible. He was scuzzy as hell as the the old Mexican pimp. But uh, he was charming, to be sure. Right. While he slaps down one of his hoes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I've ever seen him in, I've always thought he's been really good. And he, was, he has that feel that, mm-hmm. you know, people like uh, Tarantino and, and um, uh, David Lynch like that kind of dark, sinister, you know, just he could just raise his eyebrow and make you go, ooh, what's up with this creep? You know, he just had that dark, sinister feel to him. Yeah. Okay. That Agreed. they that they like. Right. Um, another actor that we lost, Powers Booth. 
Oh, of course. Yeah. You just named the two that uh, I had in the back of my mind, but couldn't remember. Gotcha. Yeah. Those are mm. the, those are probably two of the better known people. Mm. Yeah. The, probably the two most well known, um, which I, I, of course the name powers booth just sticks with you when you hear it. There's something about that name that oh, just, yeah. r- you remember, um, And I know he was in a lot of different things. Most people probably know him for being either in Deadwood or 24. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he's got a long list of of movies and TV shows he was in. Oh, yeah. He he never really the star, always kind of either. A lot of times he would play the the bad guy. A lot of times he would play like the the one guy with integrity. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. Didn't he star in a TV cop movie or TV show at one time? I'm trying to remember. But oh, I'm sure he did. And of course, I guess he also played uh, Philip Marlowe. Oh, I think a, so. I think that was something he did, like in the '80s or early '90s, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my memory of that is very sparse, apparently. So, oh well. Right. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, a fine actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of those guys that when you look him up, you'll recognize his face and you'll you'll have seen five things, if not more, that he's been in. Oh, absolutely. But just not not one of those guys that name became a household word, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another guy that I was surprised that died this week, uh, a guy named Robert Miles. Have you ever heard of him? He was kind of like an electronic uh techno dance composer hmm no i don't think i've necessarily heard of him though Uh-uh. he had uh one of uh one of my friends loved his uh, one of his albums he had an album called that came out i th- want to say it was probably ni- late 90s 97 98 called dreamland there was a song on it called children that mm-hmm. was kind of a minor hit um, hmm. and he, I don't remember how old he was, I, um, but he was one of those guys that kind of was in, in that, in the music field, people knew who he was. I think he produced some records and did some other things too, but he really didn't reach, uh, any kind of fame until he was a little bit older. So he was, he wasn't super young when he died. Um, but he didn't really get famous until he was older. So, oh, okay. Hmm. And then um, Brad Gray, who was the head of Paramount for a while, I recognize that name. Um, he produced some things and, and ran Paramount okay. uh, and apparently did so in kind of an old school way recently. Uh, I think he was still involved in Paramount Pictures when he passed away this week. I, I don't know exactly what he Hmm. What okay. he what he does. But at one point he was running Paramount Pictures. Wow. OK. And then. um I have heard of this band, but I uh, I didn't know this person's name, and, and I didn't know any of their music, so I had to YouTube a little bit of it, and I found it okay. I didn't think it was great. Okay. Um, it's an Australian new wave band called My called My Sex. Okay. M I dash S E X. My Sex. Mm-hmm. And their guitarist Kevin Stanton um, uh, died this week. Oh. Um, Okay. They had I their their biggest song apparently was called Computer Games. They reminded me the sound reminded me a little bit of the Tubes. They reminded me of another band too. Oh, they reminded me a little bit of Loverboy. So it was like the music I I liked it, but I didn't love it. It was okay. Right. Uh, a little new wavy, but it was also a little too kind of pop rocky. I don't know. Hmm. Um. But 
I remember seeing their album in record stores all the time, and anything that had the word sex on it would catch my eye, of course, when I was <laughs> of younger. Of course. <laughs> uh, I mean, they were they were big in like the late 70s and early 80s, so... Hmm. Um, but I, it wasn't until today that I got online and listened to some of their songs on YouTube. So I'll post something on the website um, on our Facebook page. So Okay. Sounds good. People can kind of check them out. All right. So uh, Q, Q Music, that's the people who died unless you got another one. Nope. That's it, man. friends they died they were all my friends and then they died (laughs) the end the end so um speaking of so living people uh, (laughs) living um, people okay i I got the new harry styles cd this week oh yeah so i have been masturbating furiously no (laughs) i'm just kidding <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's uh, he's on the cover in the bathtub, uh, but you only see his back. So ah, uh, um, okay. Well, which, yeah, exactly. But yeah. um, uh, it's a good record. It's not mm-hmm. great. Oh. I was a little disappointed in it because Aww. I was I was hoping it would be just phenomenal, mm-hmm. and it's certainly good. It's, I would even go v- very good. It's just not perfect or great. It didn't knock um, your socks off. Well, it it rolled them down a little bit, but it didn't <laughs> knock them off. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I mean, he does some really. In- I was thinking maybe he's yeah. spending so much time on his movie career that he's not spending the the quality time he needs to on his music, and that's why it didn't quite well, push it way over the edge for you like previous albums of his, perhaps. Well, you know, he um, that that may be that I, I think he spent some time working on this record, but I also think he he went into the studio and i mean one thing that he does that's great is Mm -hmm. it's all original music he didn't do any covers on it um it's all new stuff that he's written with producers and musicians that he's working with and there's certainly two or three songs on there i mean i think we were talking a couple weeks ago you know the single that that they released before the album came out was called sign of the times Mm -hmm. and it's it's really good but it's not your typical pop single you know it's not like a finger snapping pop song it's it's kind of a serious dramatic uh, ballad okay. mm-hmm. um and i thought oh well this is the one they put out before they put out the album to to get some buzz going but it's not going to be the best song on the record um but it's it's pretty close to the best song on the record um it's a i mean one thing that's really interesting about the album is that it starts out kind of slow and builds then in the middle of the album there are two really rocking songs mm-hmm. and then it kind of slows down and 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 goes back to being a little mellow towards the end huh. and there's a couple of the the songs that i really really like okay um but i just you know i mean you know i always want something different than what you get i um i i think that he needs he needs a really good strong solid producer and he needs you know yeah he definitely needs someone who will spend more time working on stuff with him uh it it seems a little i guess it seems a little ragtag it's a it's it's kind of several different styles at once Hmm. he needs something a little more focused would would uh, I? I mean, what I what, okay. what I think is he's got it in him. It will happen eventually. Mm-hmm. It's just his first solo record. So, well, you think his recordings are maybe just a mixture of different kinds of stuff, and maybe not 
concept albums or or themed albums per se. It's just a collection of songs in the shape of a bell curve, starting off mellow, getting hot in the middle, and then sloping off at the end. Kind of, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. And I think too. I mean, it's his first solo record. You know, he's trying. I mean, definitely, he tries different things, which is cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's inter- It's certainly interesting to listen to. Okay. Um, but I think, yeah, he needs to. You know, I think what he needs is to decide I'm going to do a record and be a little more focused on the style and then um, try and and do that. It's funny because, you know, I mean, it's Harry Styles. He's cute to look at, of course, and he was in One Direction. So, you know, One Direction is what it is. I liked a lot of their songs. Some of their songs are really great. Um, But it's, uh, you know, he has a a really great voice. He's so young, too. Mm. He's only like 22 or 23. Mm -hmm. He has an amazing voice. So his his vocal work on the record is uh, is just great. And, you know, he's been on like this week. He's on James Corden. He's like the musical guest every night for the week. Oh, Um, I can't remember what what they call that. He's like, you know, doing every show for the week. And um, Hmm. I I watched it the Monday night. I didn't watch it last night. Um, um, But he's he I just like him as he seems like a genuine, honest kind of guy. I mean, if I had been a star when I was 23, if I had had worldwide worldwide fame like that when I was 23, Mm -hmm. uh, I would be more like Bieber. I would be worse than Bieber. (laughs) I would, you know, I I mean, what's the worst thing Bieber's really done? Pissing a mop mop bucket? I would have been, oh my God, paparazzi would have had a field day with me in my 20s. (laughs) And so, I mean, Harry Styles Uh, just seems kind of Kind mm-hmm. of grounded. He's kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he doesn't seem like he's let, let a lot of things go to his head. He's not pompous or arrogant or, you know, he, he's just kind of a, a, a cute kid. Uh, so I like it when I see interviews with him. He always seems nice and, you know, has a cute smile. So, okay. okay. I mean, I know last week you were talking about how you were not able to procure tickets to see his show, but were. Right. Content to at least get the uh, his new release when it came out. So. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. It was nice. I, I got it. You know, uh, why should I plug Amazon? But I will. I got mm-hmm. it on Amazon and Amazon after I pre-ordered it. Amazon sent me an email a few days later saying, hey, good news. We've gotten permission to mail this album to you. So you get it on the day it actually comes out because sometimes they can't mail it until the day it comes out and you get it actually a day or two after it's already been out. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was cool. So I, it, it got delivered to me on the same day that it came out. And um, so I got to hear it right away. And um, I was I was happy. <laughs> awesome. Well, and that's I'll be, good. I hope to I, I kind of want to see Dunkirk, too. Dunkirk sure looks interesting. I don't know if I'll get to see it at, at a theater or if I'll just have to wait till it comes on DVD. But yeah, um, but it's, uh, it, it, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh Obviously, historical fiction based upon an actual battle that occurred in, during World War II. So, hey, it'd be interesting to see see what it's all about. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see it. Um, mm-hmm. And I probably I think it's going to be like Saving Private Ryan. There are some movies that I saw on the big screen, like Saving Private Ryan, where I'm like, man, if you although you can have a big screen at your house nowadays. Well, but- that's true. The experience of seeing it at a movie theater is pretty cool. And Dunkirk looks like it would be a good one to see at a movie theater. Right. Kind of an epic tale. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. 
Maybe with uh, maybe it'll be on IMAX. I don't know if they'll do an IMAX of that or not. Oh, that, um, that's very likely. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to keep my eye out. Um, okay. And a couple other musical things. Um, oh, all right. Oh, you got some too? Yeah, of course. I got to tell you about <laughs> what uh, Sierra and I did last Wednesday night. Mm. We went to ACL 310 and saw Girl in a Coma perform. Oh, yeah. Oh, with, yeah. With Young Tongue as the opening act, which you happened to text me and say, hey, that was... The band called the Baker Family at one time, wasn't Yeah, we saw them at um, Cheer Up Charlie's, and I actually bought, they had like an EP with, I think, four or five songs on it that they were selling at at that show that I bought, and I really liked them. I'd like to see them again. Yeah, they were they were an interesting band. They were a good opening act for Girl in a Coma. I I enjoyed them, and uh, I I actually enjoyed going to the ACL three hundred and ten, which you know is a small club that is adjacent to the Moody Theater, part of the right. ACL complex there. And you walk in, and it it's you know it's just like any other live music venue that you could see, probably a a little bit cleaner and a better bar. But yeah, it was it was. Uh, <laughs> It's a good venue to see a show, and I had I had no idea that this place existed. That ACL had a club adjacent, the the Moody Theater had a club adjacent to it. So it was it was cool. Yeah, and uh, I just read about it uh, not like within the last two months or so. When we saw, I feel like when we saw Brian Ferry around that time, I saw something where somebody was going to play at the um, at the what is it called three ten three ten. I think the number three yeah. and the the word ten spelled out in letters. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. I, yeah, I hadn't heard of that until just recently. So that's cool that you mm-hmm. got to go there. Yeah, and uh, you know we don't often go to shows during the week. Of course, that's obviously as of late that's changing. Uh, especially considering we're going to see the B fifty twos tomorrow night, which will be a Thursday. But. Anyway, right, I had to I had to take Friday off from work. I was like, I'm just going to take the day off. Yeah, that's probably a wise choice. So anyway, um, Sierra had mentioned to me like probably a couple of days before this a girl in a coma show. Say, hey, girl in a coma is playing at three ten. I said, fuck it, let's go. Let's go have a, a fun night out during the week. <laughs> let's make this a, a a fun hump day. So we went went to went to the show and wow, what a what a great show. Girl in a Coma never disappoints. I mean, if you didn't know, it's kind of a all-girl band. Well, it's a little different now. It's it's actually two sisters and a friend of theirs playing. One's the lead singer, one's the bassist. Well, one's the lead singer and a guitarist. One's a bassist and one's a drummer. Of course, they've recently added a, another guy on uh, guitar as well, kind of either playing lead or rhythm alternating with the the lead singer the lead singer Nina Diaz her sister Fanny Diaz and uh, I think the drummer the drummer is Jen Alva and they are amazing you could call them indie rock you can call them alternative rock you can call them punk but you will never call them boring Nina Diaz's voice is so amazing I don't even know how to describe it it's she's like I don't know. She's got a voice of an angel, but it's but it's an angel with a with a dark secret. If that makes any sense. <laughs> Ooh. Doesn't she have a? She has like a new solo album that came out recently too. I think, doesn't she? Exactly. A matter of fact, um, 
as an encore to their show, she came out and did a few of her solo songs. And then after that, then the whole band came out again and did one last final song. I cannot hype them enough. If you've never heard of Girl in a Coma listeners out there, I suggest you seek them out. Find a CD, uh, download off of iTunes, YouTube them. You really need to check them out. They are a great band. And I don't say that about a lot of bands, but and so entertaining to see live. And Nina Diaz's voice is so amazing. And they are a tight band. I mean, I think they've been playing to... Well, as a matter of fact, this show was the... 10th anniversary of the release of their first album and so the show was playing their first album from end to beginning for some reason and then they added you know a couple of uh, nina's uh solo songs as well but i thought it was really cool that it was playing their first album from from end to beginning Oh, yeah, that's neat. That's a for yeah. the fans show, man. Yeah. Right. And oh, um, I also forgot to mention that they are signed with Blackheart Records. And if you didn't know, that's Joan Jett's uh, record label. And uh, she's ah. she's really been an influence and a, a mentor to them as a mostly all girl band. And so I I like to see where, you know, the the you know the old school is is helping the new school along and uh so right yeah so these these women have been playing together for you know more years than when they were girl in a co i think they were another band before that but i think they started singing or pl- performing together when nina the lead singer was like 14 years old so they they've been around a long wow. time and they're you know they're still young but you know they've got old souls and so it shows in their music and uh wow what a great band so like i said listeners out there seek out girl in a coma i know you and um sierra have uh, asked me to go see some shows with you of theirs mm-hmm. and it's just never worked out where it's been at a time or a venue i, I believe there was a club that opened in San Marcos a couple of years ago, and they were going to be one of the first bands to play there. And um, it may have been a LGBT bar that was opening in San Marcos. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about going, and it just didn't work out for one reason or another. Um, and then this show, I kind of didn't even know about, but Wednesday nights would have been hard for me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, but um, yeah, I think I, I definitely need to listen to more. Yeah, and I I think they. Uh, they definitely have an LGBTQ following, and it was evident in the in the show at uh, 310. So uh, it was cool. cool. It was a very diverse crowd, and that's what I like to see. Yeah, uh, me too. I I will um I, I will remind Sierra next time I'm talking to her to to let me know when they're playing again. And I want to go online. And so this is when I when I listen to this episode after you post it. Um, that will remind me to go online and look at for some of their uh, videos, and I'm sure I will post one or two to the web to the mm-hmm. Facebook page. So, oh yeah, and I, I, cool. I forgot to mention that even one of their songs was used uh, at the beginning of Sierra and My Wedding. Matter of fact, the, I was thinking know, about that. The, yes, you know the bridal okay. march. You know where the bride, you know, has walked in by her father. The like the first part of one of their songs. 
we used as part of our uh, wedding soundtrack, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Yeah, I know Sierra's been a fan for a long time, and um, and I've heard of them for a long time, mm-hmm. and I've just never made a point of finding out more about them. And okay. so I need to do that. So that'll be cool. We were talking about Nina Diaz has a new record out. There are yeah. two or three bands that I really like that that have just started, um, that have just released singles. Mm-hmm. We talked last week, I think it was, about LCD Sound System has a new single out that I love yeah. um, called Call the Police. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping there's an album coming soon on that. Um, another band that I love called the Shout Out Louds put out a single this week. looks like there's going to be a record from them soon. Hmm. And then a band I love that has the worst name in the world, and they're a great <laughs> band, uh-huh. a band called The War on Drugs, which is just the stupidest name ever. Um, yeah. Put out a new a, a new song this week that I um, listened to. I've only listened to once. I need to go back and listen to it again, but it was really good. Hmm. And I think they're, they're going to have a new album come out within the next couple months, too. So so I'm uh, it's like, yep, summertime's here because all the bands are starting to release their new stuff. And it's I'm excited. There's just a ton of stuff I'm excited about. So cool. All right. Could be a good musical summer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely yeah, it's going to definitely going to be a, a good musical Thursday for us tomorrow. Well, I was just thinking, too. Yeah, we've got, um, you know, Blondie put out a new album and I haven't really mm-hmm. listened to to that yet. And they're coming in July. And I had totally forgotten that that my nephew got tickets to that show in Austin. That's right. And uh, so we were going to go and then go to San Francisco the next day. But we moved our San Francisco trip to September. Mm-hmm. And um, so we are going to go see Blondie. He was telling me he did ask for the day off and he got it uh, for the Blondie show. So he's going to come down. But it, it may be one of those things where he, he, he's going to come down, see the show, spend the night and get up at, at five the next morning to drive to go to work or something. We'll just have to see Whoa. how it works out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, remember when you were young and could do that kind of shit? That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. I was like, he's young. He'll he'll shake it off. No problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he does it. He's he's uh, done that a few times where I'll just be like, dude, I know I did it when I was his age too, but God, right. I just don't know how. You can't, his, you know, uh, if yeah. I could go back in time and not do that, I would. I'd be like, fuck <laughs> that, I'm not doing that. Hey, years ago. His uh, his telomeres are still long. He can, he can absorb the shock, no problem. His what? <laughs> it's in your, I think it's in your cells. You've got these things called telomeres, and as you age, they get shorter and shorter. I think it's in your... Oh, yeah. like your orgasms. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think they're called telomeres, but whatever. <laughs> yes, orgasms. Huh. Oh, yeah. Okay, now every, everybody's going to be Googling telomeres now. <laughs> yeah, how do you spell that? Is that huh? like television, telomeres? T-E-L-E-T-E-L-I-M-E-R-E-S, perhaps. But anyway. Wow. Whatever. I'm I'm going to to Google it. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thank God. All right. Yeah, we'll just cut that whole yes. section out. Sure, we'll do that. I just wanted to mention a couple of um uh LGBT things. Okay. Cuz you know, cuz I'm 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 LGBT. Yeah, you know me. Um <laughs> 
I don't know. I just like I see these news things and I'm like, oh, we should talk about that on the podcast. And then I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know. But anyway, okay. uh, one thing that's kind of interesting is like there's been two kind of high profile uh, uh, gay marriages within the last couple of weeks. Um, yes. You know, one is Jim Parsons, the guy from Big Bang. Do you right. watch Big Bang? Um, I, I've watched several episodes i i wouldn't say that i i watch it on a regular basis though but you know it's amusing yeah i it's you know it's gonna be on for another two or three years and and Mm -hmm. i'm at a point where it's like yeah i watch it still but it's not always that great yeah um they they need to the characters aren't aging at at an appropriate level Mm -hmm. well they're kind of getting older and they aren't acting any older and jim parsons is our age you know he's not that old yes he is he's in his 50s no way. <laughs> I'll, I'll IMDb it for you. Okay, I don't think he's quite that old. Damn, he looks good for his 50s. Yeah, no shit. He can't be 50. We should all be so lucky, right? I know, right? Oh, oh when he okay, when Big I'm Bang wrong. first came on. <laughs> he's 44. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when Big Bang first came on, and I think he was probably about 31 or 32, hmm. I had a crush on him immediately i was like oh this guy's cute and the this character of sheldon was cute and i was just like yeah this is this i this is like right in my field house and then uh <laughs> your field house i, I didn't huh? really in, yeah okay. in my wheelhouse right um i think i'm thinking about taking him into the field house um, <laughs> right and then uh and but my gator didn't really go ding 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 or anything i didn't mm-hmm. really know that he was gay i just thought he was really attractive and and um so when when he kind of came out without you know he kind of did it subtly or whatever right. um i was like oh he is gay um but <laughs> he's um he's been with the same partner for i don't know how many years and they finally got married uh this past weekend i believe it was and then um Tom Daly and Dustin Lance Black. I don't. Did we talk about that last show? I don't I, think we did. I, I was going to mention so. it and I didn't. Right. You know, Dustin Lance. Dustin Lance Black wrote Milk and he wrote the miniseries When We Rise that I was talking about obsessively a few episodes ago. Yeah. Um. Of and course. he's uh he dated Tom, Tom Daly, who's like an Olympic swimmer and. And several years younger than him, really. Um, mm, mm-hmm. And they've been together for a couple of years, and they actually officially got married a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was cool. Yeah, um, okay. So, and then I don't watch the show The Flash. Um, it's just not my cup of tea, but... Is that on the CW? there's a, a guy on there named... I think it is, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's an actor on there, and his name is... I think it's Kenyon Lonsdale. He's an African-American guy. Uh-huh. Um, it's either Kenyon or Kenyon Lonsdale okay. um, uh, came out as by on Twitter, which I thought was cool. Hmm. It was just like, I'm tired of having to dance. Or basically, he said to paraphrase, I'm kind of tired of having to dance around it. And, and I'm proud of who I am. And I'm tired of feeling like I should hide things. So, you know, I like guys. I like girls. Basically, <laughs> he put I like guys and I like girls. Parentheses. Yes. Um, in parentheses. <laughs> and I'm like. That's a cool way to come out. He just came out and said, you know, you you know, after you say that, people are going to go, then you're bi? Yes. I like guys. Uh, I like girls. Parentheses, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was really uh, cool. I think it's interesting that young actors and actresses and celebrities come out on Twitter. I came out in 140 characters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, I mean, 
it's just great that uh, we live in a world, uh, even even in this country we live in right now. Right. That um, you know, things. Just, those are just things I didn't think would happen in my lifetime. Yeah. And well, and he, uh, Obama's kind mm-hmm. of spoiled me, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But it just goes to show, even Trump can't spoil some people's party. So. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, well, we're not going to uh, let him for one thing. Well, according to all news reports, uh, he he might not even last a year. So you know, we might be rid of him. Unfortunately, then we've got we've got puritanical Pence. So you know, that's not exactly a a great thing. Well, there are there are some there are some pundits out there discussing the fact that they could both be um, impeached at the same time due to some of the things that are supposedly going on. So. I don't know who's third in line. Is it fucking Paul Ryan? Because he's a uh, asshole too. But yeah, yeah. It is, I mean, it is Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House. I think is next in line. So, yeah, you know, but, the founding uh, fathers set up the uh, system of government here in a way that was supposed to be a great backup plan. And what they didn't realize was that uh, the GOP would just load so many assholes into the <laughs> into the top spots. Well, I guess, I mean, you know, suppose, suppose Trump hung on until the midterm election and then, uh, you know, control of the House of Representatives flips and then uh, whoever the, you know, Democratic Speaker of the House would be, then uh, they would become president possibly. But it's right. all speculation. There's, I mean, yeah. I, you know— Ryan is a complete asshole and a dickwad, but he's not evil. Well, he is evil. What am I trying? Well, he's he's not. When it comes to Trump, mm -hmm. Pence and and Paul Ryan, he's the lesser of three evils. Oh, easily. (laughs) Easily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At least he's not a, a complete buffoon who knows nothing about governance. You know, at least he knows something right well we'll we'll see how all this shakes out and we just went down a slippery slope that i i didn't necessarily want us to go down but it it happened let me um right and let me plateau it a little bit by talking about pop culture in that yes did you see that um michael moore is going to have a new movie come out called fahrenheit 11 9 because trump was elected on 11 9 (laughs) and he says of course he says Mm -hmm. He, of course, he says it's going to bring about his his end. Um, mm-hmm. What what Michael Moore could put in a movie that we don't already know that would get Trump uh, impeached? I, I have no idea, but he, yeah, he seems to. You know, of course, they're selling it. It's a fucking movie, right? But um, but I, I, I I'm glad he's doing it. I I like Michael Moore. Um, he's he's uh, interesting. He you know. He's had his moments for sure. There are some things he's done that I'm like, eh. But if he's got something he was going to show, I'm interested in seeing it. Right. I, I think Michael Moore always has something interesting to say and, and has an interesting perspective on America, starting with his first right. film, Roger and Me. So there you go. I think he's one of those documentarians. And for a while, this really bothered me. He's mm-hmm. one of those documentarians that kind of skews I mean, he's certainly not, uh, you know, there was there's a feeling that documentarians should be unbiased. He's certainly not unbiased. Um, Well, true. But uh, but that's become much more common in documentaries now where they used to be sort of a spinoff of of news Mm where the idea was it was 
documentaries presented facts that you that you then you decided. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've learned too that documentaries didn't always do that. Um, you know, the the first considered the first documentary, um, Nanook of the North. Uh, we've come to find out has had several scenes that were were reenactments and mm-hmm. and directed by the director and oh yeah and uh, it's not necessarily just he turned he went to live with the Eskimos and turned on the camera he he created mm-hmm. much of the action in that movie right it turns out Nanook was one of the lesser of the hunters of his uh, his group he was the one that was left behind while the men went out hunting, and so he was the one left to be filmed by uh, the, the documentarian. Right. And so. little, little known fact, he was actually from the South. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just making up shit. His real name was Juan Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. They flew him in from Guatemala, and it, it, the rest is history. No, that's not true. Of course it's not. We'll edit all of that out. <laughs> yeah, take all that out. Okay, it's um, done. Okay, done. Um, shall we talk about TV shows and then wrap it up by talking about Twin Peaks? Hell yeah, let's cue some TV heaven. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Still, right. still, nobody has has contacted us to tell us they know who Red Tape is, the the band that created the song TV Heaven. They're from from Pasadena. I know that it said that on hmm. the the sleeve of the record. Um, Pasadena, again, Texas. Texas, absolutely. Wow. Okay. Um, they're probably or maybe Pearland. They're probably working at a chemical plant. Oh yeah, <laughs> they may have been from Pearland because that's where the well. Everyone who grew up in that part of the city or the state mm-hmm. ended up working in, in. Most of them ended up working in the industrial complex somehow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um. Well, hey, several shows got got yanked this week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did have they? you seen the stuff about shows getting canceled? Yes, I have. Especially the the big stink about Tim Allen's show that I I never saw. I didn't know anybody even watched it. It's so funny because it's he, he it was kind of like a um I mean he was a Republican mm-hmm. um but it was more of a family show about the, his family and him being kind of a typical dad. Mm-hmm. I mean than than him being a Republican. There were some discussions of. I mean, and he, you know, he wasn't an unbending character, the character he played, like he had a daughter and the son-in-law and they're raising a kid and they would want to treat him kind of special and, and, you know, not like not let him play with guns. And then Tim Allen would get Mm -hmm. him a toy gun or whatever, stuff like that would go on, but it was never, I mean, it certainly wasn't all in the fucking family, you know, it wasn't that deep and complex. Right. Um, So you know, I don't know why the sledgehammers are getting so worked up over it, but whatever. It <laughs> whatever. wasn't that great of a show, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, in I, my opinion. Yeah, I had never even heard of it, so you know, whatever. I watched it a few times. It would. It was on Friday nights on ABC, so it was in a shitty time slot anyway. Oh, um, all right. Well, and there you um, are. and it was. 
a typical, in many ways, a typical sitcom. Mm-hmm. And and I I certainly I don't hate Tim Allen or anything. I know he's a, a Republican, but um, no, it, it I, wasn't but... an overbearing show. Yeah. It wasn't overtly political. You know, I mean, sometimes it's interesting to you know. I'm not so sure that kids playing with toy guns is that big of a deal. We I played with guns when I was a kid, and look sure. how I turned out. I, Me I too. suck cock. So, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> the delay screwed you on that one, man. The delay screwed you. Um, yeah. So I guess I, 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 you played with guns, and, and then you grew up, and, and I don't know. Did you hunt when you were younger? Did you? Uh, like, yeah, you... I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, gosh, I, I, I was, you know, during the summertime, me and Pity Swarchik were always walking around town with our pellet guns. I mean, they were like surgically attached <laughs> to us. But, you know, I guess at a young age, I just got all of that killing out of my system. And I have like zero desire to go hunting now. So I, you know, it right. is what it is. I, had, I, mean, I mean, I don't have an yeah. aversion against them. I, I own firearms. I have some here at home, but, uh, you know, I don't wave it in people's faces and i i i don't you know dream of the day where i get to shoot someone that's i mean that's horrible i i don't you know right. I, i'm not a firearm fetishist like uh, a lot of people are out there oh what a great name for a band firearm <laughs> fetishists wow <laughs> Yeah, you know, mm. like when I was a kid, I wanted to a little, um, pretty young. I wanted a BB gun. We lived out in the country, and they, uh-huh. my parents got me a BB gun, and right. and you know, I went out and shot at things. Of course, it was just like when you bought a toy with batteries. You know, you'd play with the toy when you first got it, and then no one would ever get you batteries again. You know, <laughs> right. I got a BB gun. I sh- I shot all the BBs, and then I never got more BBs. <laughs> never again. bought more BBs. <laughs> right, you know, we couldn't afford shit like like more BBs. You go get those off the ground and put them back in the gun if you want them. <laughs> Good um, luck. Good luck finding. Yeah. Them. Did you have like a Red Rider or was it like a Crossman pump action pellet gun? Um, it was a it was definitely a BB gun where you put the little BBs in it. You know, the round. You'd like BBs. Pour dozens of them in a little hole in the in the mm-hmm. uh, in the barrel. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just cock yeah. it one time and bink. I think yeah, I think that's pretty okay. much what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one of those, and, and then I gra- yeah. graduated so, I mean, to a pump action kind. You know, where you <laughs> pump it up as many times as you think you can, so you think it'll be it'll go a million miles an hour when it comes out. But no, right? You just end, <laughs> you just end up damaging the pellet gun by over pumping it. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm realizing how how really phallic guns are. Pumping it and sure, <laughs> cock holster. Hey, and, you know the yes. Well, you know the firearm fetishists. You know they probably masturbate <laughs> with a, with a gun pointed to the head of their cocks. <laughs> I'm telling you, sometimes a guy standing around with a gun is sexy. Now I don't. You know that's all. That's all. Uh, you know fantasy. Some people take fantasy too far. Yeah, well. But I can see how firearms could get fetish fetishized. Sure, um, of course. You know, bikini it, girls anyway. with bikini girls with machine guns, man. Yes, yes exactly, <laughs> man. Exactly. I, I mean, I'm gay, but I get it. I get that. Of course. Um. So, but anyway, yeah. I just think it's kind of nutty that Trump tards are making a big deal out of the show getting canceled. It yeah. wasn't that much. 
of a um, conservative thing. What do you call it? It wasn't a conservative, not a milestone. What's the word I'm looking for? Touchstone or, right. or um, a cornerstone. It wasn't that much of a conservative cornerstone no. that anyone should give a fuck that it got canceled. Well, you um, know, shoot. People ain't happy unless they can bitch about something. Oh, that's my whole life, man. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. I, I'm, the sh- I'm referring to you know people who always want to politicize every little thing that happens in the world. But anyway, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not bitching that the real O'Neills got canceled, even though I really liked that show and I thought it was a a, a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, it think, was a. Do you think it just ran its course? Is that why you're not feeling bad about it? Well, going away. You know what? Well, no. I mean, part of the part of it is it, they put it on opposite. This is us, and I'm sorry. This is us is going to oh, win over any show. Right. Okay. In fact, I'm kind of worried about next year because did you see that they're going to put This Is Us on Thursday nights at eight central, the same time as Riverdale? Oh, really? And I, hmm. I'm sorry, Riverdale's going to lose to This Is Us. Everything will lose to This Is Us. Yeah. Well, maybe you can get a DVR uh, in the interim. And you can watch both of them. I still haven't even set up Showtime, so I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, but nah. The Real O'Neills was one of those shows, you know, it was it was about a kid that came out to his family, and they're Catholic. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard about it, I thought, well, this won't last, and it's kind of a dumb premise. But the show was actually kind of cute. It yeah. was funny. It was interesting. They they made it loving, even even though they allowed the mom who was Catholic to be kind of, you know, she she had a hard time dealing with the fact that her son was gay, but yeah, but she did, but, and and mm-hmm. she would waffle on it a little, but uh, you know, it was a positive show, yeah. um, and it was about a family who loved their loved their kids, their gay son, and mm-hmm. I mean, at the beginning they started to have one of the other brothers was supposed to be like kind of bulimic, but they kind of stop doing that and the daughter was supposed mm. to be kind of a kleptomaniac and they really didn't do that anymore um that's right uh, i think that was one of the critiques you had of it is that they they started some story arcs but just never followed through for some reason right yeah i mean and it it, it but it you know some, a lot of shows do that they start out as one thing and change into something else or mm-hmm. or let things that aren't working kind of fall by the wayside i guess oh um okay but, sure when all was said and done, it was kind of a cute show and pretty well written and uh, had a positive message. And, and uh, it's a shame that they had to cancel it. But, you know, a show like that might only last two seasons. Right. Yeah. OK. Well, not like two broke girls that lasted six seasons. I don't know how that show. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it at first, but it got it got bad pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Hmm. OK. Yeah, I remember Did you ever seeing watch that one. Yeah, I saw. You know, it's one of those shows where I, I saw a couple of episodes and it was somewhat amusing. It just wasn't something that I I felt compelled to watch on a weekly basis, though, long term. Right. I love Kat Denning. I think she's or I can't remember if it's Denning or Dennings. Um. Um. I think she's amazing and funny, and she has a great sense of humor and a great kind of sarcastic wit that she does and i i just thought she was really great in that show Hmm. um but it it kind of turned into a one joke show it was just the the dirty joke show the the innuendo show Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, that's okay for a couple seasons, but it, yeah, it went on for six and I was, I still watched it at times, but yeah, it wasn't something that I thought was great television. Okay. Yeah. I get it. It's a good diversion, but it wasn't something that you would obsess over. Okay. It never kind of, it's it kind of just never grew. It it never it never progressed to a point. Although stuff happened on it, it never really progressed. It just seemed to be grinding, grinding mm. its wheels, just kind of repeating itself, and and it never seemed to mm. to get anywhere interesting. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, it was the Big Bang Theory without all the nerds. Yeah, except it's the two girls banged show. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> two banged girls. Oh. No, they never had sex. That was part of it, too. It's like, Jesus Christ, how long can these girls not have sex? Okay. Um, <laughs> they never they never became Scissor Sisters. Aw. They just joked about it, yeah. Uh. Um Dude, the other big news this week is, well, there's a couple, actually. The two shows that are coming back, um, first, Roseanne, which I don't know how I feel about that. I, I liked Roseanne when it was first yeah. on, but I don't know that I'm that. Yeah. I don't know that I care that much. I'm kind of ambivalent about it myself. It'll it'll only be eight episodes, so I'll definitely want to watch it and see kind of what they try and do with it. Um, but... Is, you know, is John Goodman going to be on it? I I don't know because they talked about how it's going to be. Uh, you know, they had that whole thing at the end of the uh, regular series where mm-hmm. it turns out that John Goodman's character had died, and she was writing a book based on what she thought, what she imagined would have happened if he didn't die. Really, or they won the lottery and. Yeah, that's that was the last episode. The last episode uh, was about how wow. all the stuff that had happened in like the last episode and or the last season or so had all been in her imagination in, in a book she was writing because John okay. Goodman's character had died of a heart attack and she imagined they won the lottery and had all the money they wanted and all this wow. stuff. Okay, and well that she said. She said that um, – uh, and I think she kind of told the truth about – like she said that Becky was married to David and that uh, uh, Darlene was actually married to Mark, but she had changed it because – and I think that was – had more to do with what some of her – was happening in her real family. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um Okay, but it was kind of it was kind of a people were kind of let down by how it ended. So I don't know. So in the original series, they ended by saying that John Goodman's character had really died. So I'm assuming if they stick to that, then he wouldn't be in the new series. But you never know. Yeah, well, we shall wait and see, I guess. We shall see. Yeah, apparently Mm -hmm. sometime in 2018. And then um, uh, apparently Will and Grace is coming back. That's right. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not a huge Will and Grace fan. No. I mean, it's okay, but, you know, I didn't just – it's mm-hmm. one of those shows that I just never got that excited about. Some oh. of the characters are kind of annoying and oh, – yeah. and, uh, I know, I know you exactly know, what you're talking actually, about. <laughs> actually, it's like Seinfeld. All four of the characters are actually fucking annoying. Um <laughs> You know, I don't like Will. I don't like Grace. Mm-hmm. Jack can be funny, and mm-hmm. um, uh, the woman um, with the high pitched voice. Yeah, yeah. What was her character's name? Oh my god, she was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I can't even think of the actress who plays her. What uh, her name is? Karen her- is the character's name. Karen. 
Uh, Megan Mullally? Mullally. Mullally. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mullally, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, Jack and, and and Karen were funny at times, but also annoying at times. So yeah. we'll just have to see how well, that, that goes. Yeah, they were the comic relief of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, you know, sometimes it's like, it's like, oh, my God, I wouldn't hang out with these people in real life. Why would I spend a half hour watching them on TV? <laughs> these are people I, I, that aren't, you know. And some people love that. Some people love it when characters are unlikable or annoying or whatever, and they think mm. it's great. And I'm just like, I wouldn't spend five minutes. It's like Seinfeld. I watch Seinfeld a lot. But if you put me in a room with those characters and they were real people, I would oh. get out of that room as fast as I fucking can. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> well, that's just one of those situations of, you know, absurd characters getting into absurd predicaments. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, right. it's funny when you're, yeah, you're outside looking in, but yeah, you certainly would not want to be part of the inn. Right. I mean, there are certain episodes of, of uh, Seinfeld that were uh, freaking well-written and hilarious. Sure. Um, my favorite of all time is the one where um, I can't remember the whole story, but it turns out that George is going down to the beach and like hitting golf balls in the beach or maybe it's kramer that's doing that and then george pulls a golf ball out of a he's telling a story about pulling a golf ball out of a whale's blowhole he was angry that day my friend i just i just remember that was one of those ones where it's built to an absurdist ending that was hilarious right of course that's that was one of my favorite episodes yeah that's funny too funny all right any other shows that got canceled that are of note um not really um okay (laughs) <laughs> There's a show called Dr. Ken that starred the Asian guy from The Hangover. Uh-huh. I think his name is Ken Jong. Um, yeah. That wasn't funny. And there was a show called um, The Great Indoors with um, Joel McHale that wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. That got canceled. So Never saw either one of those shows. So. I would watch them occasionally just because they were on, but mm-hmm. there was never anything interesting about them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I forgot too, dude. We gotta hurry. Yeah, I we got a half hour, and oh my god, mm-hmm. we, we haven't do talked. Indeed. We got Riverdale and Fargo and Genius, Genius and Twin. I want to talk about Twin Peaks a little bit. Oh, okay. that's right. Yes. So which which one you want to do first? Uh, shall we start small and build to a crescendo? Sure. What would starting small be? I don't know. Probably <laughs> Riverdale. It was kind of a ho hum. Uh, last episode of the season, like we had, we had envisioned it was going to be a denouement episode where, you know, everything is wrapped up and then another, a new, a new concept or storyline starts to pick up. Right. Right. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they said, I mean, you know, my Jughead's my favorite character on the show. Cause Cole Sprouse is, is one of my favorite hotties. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting that they sent him to like a school on the South side and you're all worried that he's going to yeah. get beat up and get taken advantage of. And he actually fits in great there. Oh yeah. It was way hilarious. Than he ever did. It's like yeah. Archie. Oh, fantastic archie and company thinks that they're going to go to the school and save him and they arrive and right. it looks like that he's being menaced but then as it turns out he's telling a cool story and everybody loves him so that was hilarious right, yeah. hilarious totally fits in there yeah mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, I thought that was really funny. And then, of course, there's the scene at the end where he puts on the serpent jacket that was really cool. Yeah. Um, But there was one really cool thing in that episode, and that was when Cheryl tries to kill herself by drowning herself under the ice. Yes. Fucking Archie beats the ice with his fists until Mm -hmm. they're a bloody mess to save Uh her. And I'm like, (laughs) that was intense, man. That was like, that was really, again, one of those things where you just don't see that on shows a lot. He beat his fucking hands until they were bloody yes uh, and i and i thought that was really cool that was really cool but the funny part was then later on he's playing the guitar like nothing happened <laughs> right <laughs> for yeah. the show with the pussycats <laughs> like i can't remember the circumstances why he was playing with the pussycats oh the 70th anniversary of riverdale or something like that right yeah yeah the jubilee or something yeah that's right and and betty makes her big speech about how you right know, yeah we, we need actually a good speech yeah it was kind of good and she's like you know we we don't need to sweep the bad things about our town under the rug we need to admit to them and 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 learn from them and move on kind of speech if memory serves me correctly it was yeah it was yeah. actually uh, uh, done really well and then um mm-hmm. um then uh her and uh, jughead started getting hot and heavy and then uh, archie and veronica started getting hot and heavy and i was like "Woo, make out party in riverdale uh-huh is That's... cole gonna get his shirt taken off oh cole's gonna get his shirt taken off <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i think this time archie and veronica really did the deed and Jughead and uh, Betty got interrupted. By they got the, coitus interruptus with the leather jacket. Yeah. They did, <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, Betty seemed very frightened by the whole concept of Jughead putting on the, the serpent's jacket and flipping the collar well, I, up. And he went, right? no, hey. He didn't do that. But <laughs> I, you know, if there was a whole storyline where Jughead kind of went over to the dark side, I... I think that would be cool. No, that um, was cool. Yeah, I had to write a note down. Yeah, I think Jughead it, goes bad. Yeah. <laughs> did you see the thing I that uh, he did to promote the show on Netflix where he's Jughead eating the hamburger? Yes, I did. I think you, <laughs> I guess, shared that on Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hilarious. I have never been so turned on, hungry, and <laughs> and laughing out loud at the same time <laughs> right i was just like oh my god that's the funniest thing ever it was but, but of course it was kind of you know for me it was also kind of sexy right but it's just you know he you know he he fucking went he just went there he just went for it and right. it was really i laughed out fucking loud oh yeah they, i thought it was really <laughs> funny right they played it to the hilt <laughs> yeah to be sure. Uh, that's hilarious. Now, let me ask you something. If a friend of yours attempts suicide by jumping into a frozen river, wouldn't you take that person to the hospital to make sure they didn't have hypothermia? <laughs> Seem- nah. Nah. I just set her house on fire so she could warm up. <laughs> <laughs> and then after after they, they realize, okay, well, she's all warmed up now. We're going to leave now because, you know, she's not possibly going to attempt suicide again, could she? And, right, exactly. <laughs> she burns down the house. Yes, Her exactly. mom comes home and she, her mom's like, what's that smell? And she's poured gasoline everywhere and lights a match. Right. So, yeah. But they do go, I think they go outside and watch it, don't they? I yeah, don't yeah. They're she both. Commits, she's not. No, they're not. She's not committing. She's just burning down all the 
bad memories and all the edifices of the the the, the bad blossom blood. How do you right. like how do you like that for alliteration? Hmm. Bad blossom blood. Bad blossom yep. blood. Oh, oh, and speaking oh. of <laughs> speaking of blood, uh-huh. then it ends with uh, uh, Fred getting shot. Archie's dad getting oh, shot. Yeah, and in, I almost forgot about that. And in the and in the narration at the end, Jughead says it's not random. So you you get even though the the pops chocolate shop is getting robbed and it looks like mm-hmm. a just a he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Perhaps there was something more. Oh yeah, sinister at work there. Yeah, in my opinion, I think it has everything to do with the fact that he said he was not going to sell his business to Hiram Lodge and company. Right, yeah. That that could very well have something to do with it. So yeah, absolutely. It, it was it was uh, you know, I, I hope that either you know, I, I either come up with a way to watch it and this is us if they're showing on the same nights. Mm-hmm. Um because I do like Riverdale and I would I would hate to give it up. Right. Well, but, you know, um, this is us. It's going to win over. I mean, Riverdale has the potential to go to get darker and be more mm-hmm. interesting. Um, you know, it's, yes. it's like we're at a definitely at a signpost where it's it's going to go one way or the other. It's either going to get dark and be really good or it's going to kind of uh, peter out and be mm-hmm. kind of silly. Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see uh, on that verdict. So, right. Yeah. As long as they don't do a crossover with Supernatural, as was postulated by somebody. Okay. Yes. Or some other CW show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, Fargo. Fargo, always the, entertaining. Ah, uh, great episode, man. <laughs> you know. I, this, you know what, you, you know what I called this particular episode of Fargo? Mm-mm. Guess who's coming to dinner? Why, it's Vargas. No, right. <laughs> I just, I thought it was so cool, you know. I love when they use music in TV shows, when they take oh, a song that you that's you're right. really familiar with and use it somehow to. Mm-hmm. And Fargo has done that on many occasions where they'll, you know, they've, yes. they've brought a song in to make it really interesting and to use Peter and the Wolf to start the episode and kind of. Right. Every character has the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Every character has their own instrument that plays them. So, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I just thought that was really done well and really a cool way to use music, but use one of the most unusual pieces of music that you totally would not expect to be used in a TV show. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's really clever. And um, and I think it was Billy Bob Thornton reading it, who, that, of course, was in season one of Fargo. Right. He was narrating. Yeah, I thought that was an yeah. interesting addition to uh, have his voice because he's got a very characteristic voice and a very interesting voice. So, yeah, in a callback in a way. Right. Season one and season two had a definite connection. And they have said that this season is also should connect to the other two seasons, however, tenuously. So hmm. maybe something will happen. Um Maybe. But it it was a great episode. I'm telling you the thing. I love the the Gloria what's her name? Gloria Burgle? Yes. Gloria Burgle. The female cop. Right. She's so great. That character's so great. I just love her more and more every episode. The girl that's playing her is so great playing her. Agreed. And then we get another female cop. 
uh, character that you love immediately. Um, <laughs> yes. I, you know, I was just like, oh, what could be better than one interesting female cop? Two interesting female cops. <laughs> right. Talk about a um, an amazing duo, which uh, I right. think I think the episode that's going to air tonight uh, is going to cue in on them uh, working together on solving this crime. And uh, right, because they start to figure it out together uh, at oh, the end yeah. of, of the episode, and I was just—I mean, I, I had the biggest smile on my face. I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is where it really starts. This is going to be cool." Mm-hmm. Because so much is happening too, you know. I I love the whole scene where um, Ray, the parole officer, kind of gets found out by his superiors that he's dating one of his parolees. Yeah, and I, I wrote down I wrote down one of the lines that one of his superiors says to him that, mm-hmm. that the the girl who's his girlfriend I can't remember what that character's name is, um, uh. but that. She's using she's using her poontang to hoodwink and bamboozle. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. Oh, uh, that's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the dialogue and, you know, the, the, when the dialogue hits on Fargo, it's it's the best, man. It, okay. It's such a great homage to the original movie. Oh, to be sure. Uh, that character you were thinking of was Nikki Swango. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, could, you, um, could you read that line again? Using her poontang to hoodwink and bamboozle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic writing. I love oh, it. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to be interesting to see what happens next on this show. I, I hope they keep... Um, uh, uh, Winnie Lopez and Gloria Burgle working together, which I think they will because already, I mean, just the few minutes of it. It was so funny, too, because Gloria's character is just so annoyed that, mm-hmm. it, you know, she just uh, she just is like so annoyed that this other cop is bothering her. And then it turns out this other cop has the information that they start putting together that is going to solve the case. Mm-hmm. They're going to be fast friends by the end of this season. <laughs> provided they, they can have around. their own spinoff. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> right. There we go. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Did you watch Genius last night? I did. Wow, man. Uh, Good episode. Yeah, I think since the last since our since our last recording, we we probably both saw two episodes of Genius. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there was yeah, two. Yeah, it's like the I think the the one a week ago was Einstein finally does right by Maleva, where he, he right. agrees to he marry her. To her. Yeah, he proposes to her, and it was very sweet episode ultimately the 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 right, way because in, at that point she she mm-hmm. wasn't no one was forcing him to and he did it because he wanted to and that was kind of nice right he and pro- then proclaimed his love mm-hmm. everyone when they people talk about uh albert einstein there's all these little facts that people know like he didn't um he didn't do well in school everyone knows that but this series genius on national geographic kind of shows you what really happened when he went to school what his school was really what his schooling was like and why it was why he didn't graduate Mm -hmm. i don't think he graduated from college and then you know everyone knows that at one point einstein worked in the patent office but no one knows why 
Exactly. This show, you see why he went to work at the patent mm-hmm. office. Yeah. The patent office, as they say. In <laughs> right, in of Europe. course. Now, you know, how historically accurate everything is, I mean, we're, we're obviously learning a whole lot more, uh, and hopefully they're being true to, the, you know, the actual historical facts with, you know, some dramatic license, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it is interesting. And the whole myth about him being, you know, a bad student wasn't because he, was, he wasn't smart. It was because he was actually too smart and was kind of bored by the rote system of learning that a lot of universities used. And so, you know, it all makes sense now. It wasn't that he was stupid. It was just he was too smart for the teaching methods of the time. And, right, uh, and butted yeah. his head constantly against the old school mentality of this is the this is what's been accepted as fact for hundreds of years, or mm-hmm. and, and so what you're saying can't be true because it goes against this established fact, right. which I know is sometimes like you say it's 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 uh, personified by characters that are teachers and and uh, educators and professors that maybe it wasn't exactly like that but it gives you you know you understand why right. uh, why it was so hard for him to to get his start mm-hmm. and, which uh, by the end of episode the next episode he he's he's gotten his start oh yeah absolutely you know in spite of the fact that you know he took a job at the patent office uh, just to support <laughs> his family uh, but, you know, at the same time was managing to get some serious theoretical work done, even in the process, with the help of his friend who was kind of running screen for him and helping him to uh, take care of the duties at the patent office while he was still working on his uh, equations and theories and stuff. And so, yeah, it was kind of fascinating to see how he was able to swing that and come up with some of his uh, best ideas and uh, right which i think it's kind of neat that in the story too we're finding out that some people who helped einstein really didn't get proper credit including his friend who he mentioned in the in the theory of relativity pamphlet but yeah but his wife certainly who knows how many people you know i've never heard anything about einstein working with his wife and she mm-hmm. deserved as much credit as he did really right. although he's very smart she was smart as well and who knows how much she really contributed because exactly because she kind of and i'm sure that's why you know, when the series started and it was set in the future, they were showing more things that happened in the future. Him and Malavia don't have a a, a, a great relationship and are obviously divorced. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, you know, you, it leads you to wonder if that happens because she didn't get the proper credit she deserved. Yeah, um, I guess we'll find out. Now, you I, know, I think I remember reading somewhere a while ago that. I think later on with some of his other papers that he wrote, he actually gave her um, co-author credit. Yeah, I've I've hesitated uh, looking her up or reading too much about him and her in, in order to give the series time to show what it's going to show. And then I can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, go read more after the series gets along a little bit further. Right. But, I think I also even remember that there are some conspiracy theories that actually Maleva was the one who came up with all this, you know, these advances in learning and Einstein just put his name to it to give it credibility because he was a man. But those are just some conspiracy theories that I remember reading like, you know, several years ago, probably have no basis in fact, but just thought I'd throw that out. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Right. I mean, it's certainly it's certainly possible that 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 was more of their relationship and their agreement at the beginning than what the series shows, because Uh we don't know for a fact whether or not they made an agreement and and that was part of it or whether he came up with this stuff and and she helped, as the series kind of suggests. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to know for sure uh, what the reality is. And they probably never had it, you know. I guess he would never say that they they were someone else's ideas. It would be foolish for him to say that. But sure. And even at the time that he died, I don't think you know women were still considered uh, second class and um, not as smart as men, especially in science and that sort of stuff. So right, you know, it it wouldn't have done. It may not have done her any favors to give her more credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right. it may have just made him look bad and 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 not be believed or whatever. So, um, I also loved the, um, I mean, you had, I had such mixed feelings because his mom is there helping, but she's a complete bitch. But at the same time, yeah, they're just, they're just foisting the kid off on her, making her the babysitter. True. And, you know, you know, they, and she doesn't see how, you know, she doesn't get what's going on. So she just kind of turns into, you know, I mean, at least I think she's a bitch, but also she, her heart is kind of in the, not her heart, but her mind is in the mindset of the time that a woman isn't a, you know, is a wife, not a, and a mother, not a partner, not a helper in, right. in, in science matters. So, I mean, you can see where she's coming from, even though she's a complete bitch about it, because she just doesn't get it. It's such a revolutionary concept mm-hmm. that it's impossible for her to grasp. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, if you've, not that they necessarily made the decision to have a kid. Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, this is, this would be their second kid being, because the first child that they had actually died uh, shortly after birth, if I'm not mistaken. And so they had another baby after that. So that that had to have been a more conscious decision. And so, you know, when you do that, well, I mean, yes, you have responsibilities at that point, you know. Right, right. So, yeah, I guess on some level, you have to understand where, sure, the the mother-in-law is is coming from, but her methods weren't exactly nice, and and the things that she said were pretty horrible too. Right, and she never she, yeah, she, she never certainly... really she never really liked or gave Maleva a chance. She wanted you right. know her son to marry the other girl, the the daughter of the uh, the the family that uh, uh, he was living with. Oh, speaking of the family that yeah. he was living with. Oh my god. Who had god. a crazy person living in their house. Oh my yeah. god, the <laughs> the son, son. Schizophrenic to be sure, uh hearing voices and things like that and ultimately killing his own mother and himself. Whoa. That's fucked up. You know, I was, you know, I I watched <sighs> This movie, Manchester by the Sea, mm-hmm. I've been meaning to talk about it for 10 episodes now. Okay. Um, but the the storyline in there has something similar, where something happens to a family mm-hmm. that is tragic. And I won't I won't spoil it, but something happens to a family that's tragic, much like this thing where a, where a son, an adult son kills his mother and then wow. turns a gun on himself right in front of the father and sister. Um, oh, and wow. And you just wonder sometimes, you know. Well, no, that's what happened in Genius. Remember, the yeah. adult son is crazy and he kills the mother, and then he right. he's the yeah. you can the the daughter says something to him, and I, you can tell he kind of snaps to what he has done, and mm-hmm. he shoots himself right in front of her, and yeah. you're just like I don't I don't know how 
how do I don't know how people come back from stuff like that. I don't know how you. I, I don't know, think you could I don't ever know how people survive. Yeah, you couldn't ever fully come back from that. Not to be, I don't, you know, the way you were before that event, but you know, right? It you, would take. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, it it would take years just to get back to some sense of normalcy. I think. Right. Um, of course. And yet. Shit like that happens every day, man, you know, yeah. and and it's it just it, it floors me sometimes because I'm like, man, I, you know, knock wood and knock everything else near me. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that has ever happened to me or anyone I know. And be, and I'm in a way I'm like, you know, you can't help someone through that. There's nothing you can do that's going to make that better for someone mm-hmm. other than just kind of be there and be a friend is right. Do what can when they need it. But yeah, it's a uh, it. It's just like sometimes I see stuff like that and it makes me think about Jesus Christ, the things that people can experience and then somehow eventually make it through. Yeah, that's uh, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, man, you got we got six minutes to talk about Twin Peaks. I know. I think we're going to have to just save it for next week after we see the new one, and I'll just talk. We'll just spend an hour talking about Twin Peaks. And okay, I've watched the season. I've watched almost all of season one. I watched the Fire Walk with Me, oh, um, good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched the pilot. I watched the the UK pilot and the ending that came with the UK oh, pilot that was different, or the right. UK movie. Yes, that was different. Yeah, I remember watching Although most, that. Most of the, yeah, most of the stuff that happens in that, a lot of the stuff that happens in that, eventually was was put in an, in episode three. Mm. Um, but I'm also reading uh, the Secret Diary of Laura Palmer. <laughs> yeah, I have a copy of that. Written by David Lynch's That's, daughter Jennifer. Yes. What were you saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, I said I have a copy of that myself. Bought it back in the day. Ah, okay. Right when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. Okay, cool. When it came out, because we were all trying to figure out who killed Laura, uh, and we thought it might be full of clues. Yeah. And, and it was kind of. I mm. mean, at a certain point between the novel, between that fake diary and the show, you were pretty sure it was the dad. Right. The diary's interesting, and rereading it's really interesting. It's it's actually well written, mm. and the when you think about it, it's what's it's kind of creepy, and only I think only Lynch could get away with it. It's a TV show about a dad who molests his daughter, mm-hmm. and it's created by a guy whose daughter wrote a fake diary about the girl in the view Ooh. from the viewpoint of the girl who got molested right. and it's just like Ooh. that's so strange that that only lynch only in lynch's universe could something like that happen <laughs> and not be considered more strange than it is wow you know? yeah i didn't even think about that dang okay yeah yeah that that does give it an extra creepy uh spin to be sure hmm. right Wow. I mean, I'm not insinuating that Lynch molested his daughter. I don't think he. I mean, I, you know, who no. knows what happens in families? But I, I don't I, think I don't, they would. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I, not insinuating that. Yeah, right. But um, but it's just when I was reading the novel or the diary, and I was thinking about that, and I was like, because it's also written. I mean, Jennifer Lynch was fairly young when she wrote it. I think in her early 20s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe and you're right. It's a very interesting novel, and it's a. Um, or, or whatever you want to call it, fake diary. Yeah. And um, it's written from the viewpoint of a young woman, and she expresses the feelings of a young woman really well. Hmm. I mean, it's well written, in my opinion. There's this, I'll talk about it next time, but there's okay. a couple of uh, 
things that happen in there that are really just interesting. Okay, well, you you make me want to reread it now from a yeah, different perspective. It's worth rereading. Okay. It, it's worth rereading. Okay. I will, I will we do need that. To do our, I will need to do our oblique strategy, and then I'll, I'll do my grotesque tables, too. Okay. Sounds good. Do we have a question? Um, um, uh, how amazing is the B-52 show going to be tomorrow? All right. Sounds good. All right. Okay. And oblique strategy says, make it more sensual. Wow, you completely glitched. Make it more... All I heard was make. Well, if you shut up, I can... (laughs) 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 Make it more sensual. Hmm. Ooh. Hey, all right. Take a trip to the love shack. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, I like that one then. That works well. All right. Yeah, it does. Grotesque Tables 2 says, chug cheap bewilderment ones. (laughs) Chug cheap bewilderment ones. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually got a question mark, too. Chug cheap bewilderment ones? Hell yeah. Meaning I I think those who are bewildered should do a lot of cheap beer and then they'll (laughs) love the B-52s. Yeah. Of course, I don't know. At ACL Live, or, yeah, ACL Live, I don't know if you're going to be able to chug cheap. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. You have to chug cheap before you get there. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay, man. Well, um, great episode. So I'm just going to tell our viewers to slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. <laughs> I, I, I don't have anything. <laughs> She's full of secrets. (laughs) That's good. All right, that'll work. (laughs) 